warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 306. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Drop by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's mix it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the leftovers. leftovers, and we're back, bitches. Yeah, yeah. Nice little vacay there. Yeah, it's nice. Very nice. We're back. I don't know. What, are the, what do you think the people did? What do you think the people did without us, Jake? Uh, hopefully not discover better podcasts. Uh, oh, I some of them. Some of them. I hope they do. Some of them. You think we had some leakage? I hope so. Anal leakage. <laughs> Isn't that a weird thing? Anal leakage. You ever you ever eaten something? <laughs> have, have you ever eaten something that gives you the anal leakage? You know what I mean? Mm, I don't know. I think only like the two times I probably had anal leakage, I was pretty sick. I don't think I've ever had it just from eating something bad. Hold on, I'll get into it. Hey, we are joined by Paul Hart of the Animated Batcast. Welcome, Paul. Good evening, gentlemen. Thank you for having me on. Paul Hart, anal leakage. Talk to me, man. Have you ever had anal leakage? Uh, Nothing comes to mind. I mean, there's been leakage from that area. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wow. uh, You did you did you you did a complete 180 from like no to like, yeah. Oh, whoa. I know that one time. Well, you just think about like, yeah, yeah. You just, you know. It's a question you're not prepared for, and then your initial reaction is to be like, oh, no, never, because you're embarrassed. But then you think about it, you're like, oh. It's yeah, not your fault. We all have bodies. We all have rectums. We all have butts. So and there's Taco Bells out there, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's not like – it's it's not to be embarrassed about. It's have, Everybody poops. Every, yeah, it yes. happens. Yeah. I have that book, Everybody Poops. Everybody Poops. Think about like, uh, you know, the hottest stars in Hollywood right now. Chris Hemsworth, Thor, sits down and takes a poop every day. I want, you think, you think Thor's regular? Mm, I bet he is. You think he's like a 9 a.m. guy? 9 a.m.? 
Got I think you have to be with the, like on set demands it takes to make those movies, right? You kind of have to regiment yourself like that. Oh man, can you imagine being Thor's roommate and you fucking long night of drinking? You come home, you feel sick, you got to puke or you got to pee or whatever, and then he's left Mjolnir on top of the toilet seat. Oh, man, I'm telling you, I'm pissing on Mjolnir. I'm teaching him a lesson. I'm or in te- his helmet. I'm pissing on. No, I'm pissing on Mjolnir. You're gonna leave it there. That's where I pee. You're going to clean it up in the morning, too, Thor. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, I, got, I don't I got, blame you. Yeah, I, I don't got, blame you. you, got, you got, I got zero banter from you guys this week. Are you, are you processing, well, well, are you processing well, was, this whole scenario? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask, when he takes his shit, does he say he's going to drop some thunder? <laughs> Oh. And that's why I don't banter. That's why I don't banter. The, the, <laughs> you got the same reaction, Brian. The, the, I know. No yeah, shit. I'm, I'll see myself out. <laughs> I just just think about it. Thor as a roommate and like the the funny scenarios that that apparently not so funny when I bring them up to you guys. There's like zero <laughs> zero feedback on anything. You guys, the cable like, always goes out because lightning strikes there all the time. <laughs> like what? Oh yeah, god! See, it doesn't work. <laughs> I got fucking Paul over there with the thunder from down under, and then <laughs> I got Jake with the electricity. <laughs> Fuck this episode. This episode sucks already. We're back, everybody. And I'm sure if they didn't find another podcast to listen to, they're on to one now, Jake. So thank you for that. I'll tell you what we didn't do on the vacation is write jokes. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> Or react accordingly to good ones. Jesus, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're back. I uh, last week I was in uh, I was in Orlando with uh, old man Shooty and uh, spent uh, spent uh, some time there with him and uh, his wife and and had a great time. Went to uh, Hollywood Horror Nights. Uh, this was my first experience there. Shooty did it up too. Shooty did it up. They have like a VIP tour, which they call an RIP tour. And in the RIP tour, you get to visit all 10 of the haunted houses that they have and they kind of, and all the five of the scare zones that they walk you through. And we had a tour guide taking us through all 10 houses and then talking up each scare zone and each house. Uh, they, I'm telling you, like it started off really cool. Um, as far as like the haunted houses, uh, I'd say like, I'd say the first four were the scariest. And then you really start to get into like the more of like the production value of it. Like the scary ones mm-hmm. were like, they had graveyard games. They had, uh, the universal monsters was the first one we went to and probably my favorite overall. It was really cool. Um, and then you started to get into like more of the production value stuff and less of the scary stuff. But, uh, had the, I went through the us house. And man, it, oh, it, that's awesome. Yeah, it looked great, man. It looked really great. Um, they did different scenes and, uh, from the movie, they had like the scene with like their, their neighbor friends, uh, where you walk through and there's like the twin girls and they, they actually built like a second floor where the little, where the girls were. And, and is it uh, actual people doing like performances? Yeah. Yeah. It's actual people. Um, they do have recordings, uh, from the movie. Uh, of like, you know, things that they were saying, but like, you know, you go through one room and it's like, they got like the Lupita Nyong'o character, like, you know, talking and you can hear like her voice and everything. It's crazy. And everything looked really good. They had like, you know, like, uh, when they're at, uh, uh, the board, was it the boardwalk? And they, and, uh, 
they go through the little haunted maze. The girl goes through the little haunted Oh, yeah, maze. like the mirror house and yeah. all that. The whole front of that looked like it was straight out of the movie. It was unreal. I wow. wanted to take video pictures. It was just unreal, like down to the detail. They even had like the guy there holding the sign, eleven eleven, and uh, very fucking cool. Ghostbusters was cool. Uh, Stranger Things was amazing. Stranger Things they did uh, last year. They had Stranger Things the first season. This year they incorporated the second and third season into it. They even took us to the Starcourt Mall. It was very cool. It was very cool. I, I, I really enjoyed it. So I had a great time, had a blast. Scott really did it up, and uh, it was fantastic. Weather was great, except it did rain, but it's just like, ah, just a little bit of rain, just fucking water, whatever. Just yeah, it's water. Halloween. It makes it a bit more spooky. Yeah, so I had a great time at Halloween. Halloween Horror Nights and Universal. Oh, and I also got to ride some of the rides there because we had, like, uh, the Fast Pass was included in this. So I rode the uh, Transformers ride. And then I rode the new uh, Fast and Furious ride, which was terrible. Oh, really? It's brand new, too? Yeah, I think it's pretty new. It was terrible. It was like, it should have just been called Fast because it felt like it was two minutes long and you're just watching, like, I don't know, big, muscly, oily bound. They actually had the actual actors like The Rock and like Tyrese and Vin Diesel and all of them acting. And you're like in a, you're in a bus and you're watching them, you know, fucking uh, fight people on the highway. <laughs> I should have just called it fast because it went so quickly and it was kind of boring. How was, How was Transformers? It was fun. Transformers was actually really fun. I'm not a big fan of the Bayformers stuff, and it was all Bayformers Transformers. But it was a lot of fun, actually. It was cool. Megatron grabs a hold of your vehicle, and you're trying to get away, and his his face is, like, right up in yours. And then you got Optimus Prime. They got Peter Cullen to record his lines, and it was very it was very cool. And Bumblebee's in there, and now there's a part where you, like, jump over a uh, fucking Decepticon. He's trying to grab your vehicle that you're in. It, oh, wow. it was actually really cool. So Yeah, it's kind of like the uh, uh, the Spider-Man ride, if you ever did that at Universal Studios. So A lot of fun. Okay, I got you. Yeah. One of those like VR motion sensor vehicle things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, the uh, show's going to change a little bit because I'm not going to be able to have a... That's all, folks. What the fuck happened to my voice there? <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> yeah, you'll have that. I guess. Oh my god. Uh, hey, Paul, how you doing? Ain't a leakage. We we Ain't didn't leakage. Got to get back to you know. Let's get back to that. Ain't a leakage. There's like uh, talk about it. There, there's certain foods like um, and and they should warn you on the packaging about the. Uh, there's a. I think it's called the complete cookie. It's a protein cookie that I that I was eating for a while, and then like I started to notice, I was just like, oh my god. Anal leakage, it, 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 like you know, like, and I was like, I, I was, it's these damn cookies. <laughs> They're probably pretty expensive too. It's some pricey anal leakage. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's like, uh, yeah, they're like uh, nearly three dollars a cookie. You know what I mean? Nice. Yeah, and then yeah. I, I remember like when all those new weight loss programs, you know, like they started up a while back. There was one called Ali or Ollie. My dad got big into it and. There was one of these things we're talking about with the leakage, and he's getting all pissed. And I read the box, and it says, we recommend you wearing diapers with this program. What the fuck? I swear to God, he was so mad. Wow. Amazing. 
He was so because he was a fireman too, so that's really not a conducive weight loss program to have when you're trying to save people. Oh my! Uh, wear diapers—that's crazy. It said right on the box, like we recommend you wearing diapers or like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. Well, I guess that's why they make those things. It happens, huh? Yeah. Yeah, but anal leakage. Woo. Anal leakage. <laughs> it's what it's what you know, and like when you, you, you're like, okay, I did it. I, I, you know, we're good. And then you go back and you're sitting down watching TV or whatever, and then all of a sudden, oh, we're back. We're back. Time to get back up and take care of business. Anal leakage strikes again. <laughs> it doesn't end. It just no, doesn't man. end. I'm really intrigued by the mystique of Paul's anal leakage. It sounds like a really horrific story from the way he's reacting. <laughs> oh, man, we're going to get into it. Uh, uh, yeah, it was, it was a rough day. Uh, it was really a rough day. I was uh, When I was doing this whole thing of taking odd jobs, I was a landscaper and we have, I don't know if you have them in Illinois, but we have these gas stations called Speedway. Yeah. Yeah, because they're around the corner, around the country. Uh, and they have these breakfast things called tornadoes, which is just like eggs and bacon. Uh, ah, they gave you an anal tornado, didn't they? They <laughs> did, right? Like, like, you know, when you're doing something, you feel the urge to go, you know, take a shit, but you're like, oh, I can hold it off. I can hold it off. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and I'm, uh, I'm mowing grass. I'm putting like pesticide down on lawns and stuff because we're doing this whole landscaping thing. And now your stomach's like, gur- gurgling, isn't it? Does oh, it-, it was it was rough. And I had just moved out of my house. I moved in with my uh, with my wife at the time, and we're actually in a neighborhood by my mom's house. And I just told the guy, I'm like, dude, we need to fucking we need to like go to my mom's house because I still had the key. And I've been holding it for like an hour and I'm running like the gates not opening. I'm fucking sweating bullets. Mm. Just everything's going in slow motion. Uh, I know one gate that is going to open soon. Oh, <laughs> I get to the back door as I am. Speaking of back doors. Like, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're, we're definitely getting there. I open the back door and it just, as you said, the floodgates just open. Yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck. Thank God I had a change of clothes that day and got back to the job, you know, but didn't have a change of socks because it got into the socks. Yeah, this is disgusting. I apologize for wow. everything but no, it was brought you, up. You, it was you, a terrible moment. You used a different kind of fertilizer on the lawn that day, didn't you, buddy? I did. I did. <laughs> Fucking, I haven't had a tornado well. since. Yeah, it worked. Yeah. It, was, it was amazing. Oh, and then yeah, man, like, we put down the all organic fertilizer today. <laughs> yeah, and like I'm sitting there with no socks. I've been doing yard work all day. My heels are blistering, and I'm at a fucking job a couple hours later because I just jumped in the shower super quick, got new clothes on, ran out. Uh. And this fucking like pit bull starts chasing a little girl, so I start sprinting around to try to get the girl and. I'm bleeding from the ankles, you know, fucking oh, wearing pants a couple sizes too small. It was a fantastic day. So, Brian, thank you for bringing me back down memory lane. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to do <laughs> I appreciate so. appreciate it so much. Man, oh, the man, worst you're not wrong about how bad gas station food will mess you up. Like, I've definitely gotten oh, man. sick off my share of warm gas station food. Th- oh, my God, I saw they make, like, gas station sushi. I don't even know who would try oh. that. That's terrible. The gas station food is the worst. I, I even tried like a gas station banana one time. <laughs> a gas station banana. At and a even gas- that got you sick? Dude, no. The gas station banana tasted like it was like no banana I had. Like like uh, like they had used pesticide on it 
but not only on the outside, but like on the inside. Like it was just oh. disgusting. Uh, it, to keep it like sitting there fresh. Yeah, all day. it tasted of chemicals. It was just the most disgusting thing I had ever eaten. You ever, you ever had a gas station hard boiled egg? Yes. Yeah. Actually, pretty good. Pretty yes, good. There you go. There you go. It's a winner. I hate it when I'm always tempted to try the rib sandwiches that look like the McRibs, but I just I don't have I don't have the balls anymore after the tornado. Yeah, I get suckered into a hot dog. I feel like every four to five years oh, and regret I, it. I never do that. I, I, it's, I uh, there's uh, some rules in my life. Don't eat uh, don't eat fucking sandwiches from a carousel. And you know, any 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 time you see like one of those machines that's got a carousel where you got to click the little arrow button. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then you got to line it up just right, and then and then you got to open the slide open the door, and it's like, oh god, like you're fucking Indiana Jones. And <laughs> <laughs> you've been badly burned by one of these machines, huh? Oh, they're terrible. They're terrible. You never know what you're gonna get. You can't trust the people that work at those fucking things to like pull those sandwiches. That, that are old, you know what I mean? They might miss one. And you might, now you're eating the fucking tuna melt from like three years ago. It's just been in there. And, and you're taking uh, a shit on your mom's back porch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, taking a shit in your mom's back porch. And then, uh, what, what was I going to say? I can't remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and the other thing is, uh, don't eat it. About, we were getting to the hot there, dogs. No, the, the number two, never eat at a log John Silver's. No. Never eat a Long John Silver's. Never do that. Never do it. Long John Silver's, I don't know what happened, but I used to it be able to. better. You should revisit Long John Silver's. <laughs> what do you sound like? You sound like, you sound like a Domino's ad. Like Domino's is just like, <laughs> Domino's has just been apologetic. We changed our recipe. Yeah, we, we've changed everything. We fired everybody. We got, we got, we brought in competent employees. All of our employees are now working at your local Casey's, you know, it's like, <laughs> the, the, the old, out with the old and with the new, you know. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I don't know. I, I had it just recently. I thought it was really great. Oh God. Oh, Jake, what'd you get? What'd you get? Uh, I got the two piece fish, and I added a piece of chicken. There you go. Oh God, I can't do it, man. It just tears my tears my stomach up. That fucking Long John Silver's. I don't know how you yeah, you, you, you got to have had it. it in years, and I thought the fries were completely different than I remembered them, and they were delicious. No, our, our Long John Silver's got shut down because it was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. We only have one, and it's joint with a Taco Bell, and that makes no sense. To oh, me. ours is joint. Uh, the, the the nearest one to me is in Springfield. It's joined with a joint with a, an A and W root beer. Oh, oh yeah, I, I've seen one of those around here. Yeah. I always thought, like, if they do those, they should just, like, mix the foods. You know, you can get, like, a hush puppy float or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be that, – that, what's the point of having it both together if you can't do shit like right, that? Right, exactly. Yeah, you can't do that at the Baskin-Robbins Dunkin' Donuts combos either. It's like, can't you just put a scoop of ice cream right on this glazed donut? You to, know? The people that work in there, they, so they got to learn both jobs? Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. so. I don't think you get double pay either. Man. Man, imagine being trained on both things. Man. Whew. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the uh, Popeye's chicken sandwich comes back nationwide tomorrow. I saw that. And I saw, what else? I see the, the Happy Meals. They're adding the old toys in. None of the good toys that I wanted. 
Yeah, I saw that ad and I clicked on it and I was like, I'm old. These aren't even old toys. Yeah. These are, Wait, yeah. Which toys are they bringing back? Are they bringing back the cool ones that look no. like McDonald's food that turns into like a person? <laughs> no. That would oh, be those are the best, man. Yeah, yeah. Not, not the green Smurfs either, whatever those were called. Oh, those oh. ones from the moon? Yeah, there you go. And they had like those little ball sacks on their heads. Yes, exactly. The yeah. yellow, yellow colored ball sacks. I used heads. to have those, man. I used to have a Me bunch too. of those. I still have like a handful yeah. of them. Yeah, I, my mom sent away for the the spaceship. They had a oh, spaceship that's awesome. that you could. I wanted the fucking spaceship. I know. The day that we sold that at the garage sale, I was like, did I did I make the right decision? No. No. <laughs> Spoiler alert. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, we're gonna get the content, you little fucking bitches. Um, hey, uh, the uh, art theater in Champaign that I went to see a lot of movies at closed this month. Um, they uh, so that oh, shit. it is now gone. So the show will ever it, the show is actually going to be affected by this because I will not be able to see a lot of uh, some of the independent films that uh, AMC's and other theaters near me decide not to show. It's the theater where i saw like you know the last black man in san francisco i mean i'm trying to think there's a bunch there's been a bunch of movies uh you know over the over the years that i've seen there that they just don't play at like the bigger theaters and uh shadow was one of them that martial arts film very stylistic movie but um yeah that it really sucks it really fucking sucks that it closed it had been uh you know, uh, the same owner for a little over 30 years and they just can't do it to today. They just can't, they just can't, they aren't making a profit. So they had to close. They were going to close their last day was supposed to be on October 31st, but I think their last day was like the 26th cause the marquee just said closed. So that sucks. So yeah, it's like, mm. you know, with Amazon prime and AMC a list and you know, all these subscription services that we can do to watch our movies. Now it just puts these smaller theaters out of business and it just really kind of sucks. So yeah, there's so few of those left these days anywhere. It, it really blows to hear of any of them closing that aren't one of these big chain theaters. Yeah, yeah, it really does. And, and Champaign's like a really cool town for like arts and stuff like that. So I was hoping that it would be able to thrive. They had like a fundraiser earlier in the year where they raised $20,000 and it just was not enough. So yeah, and uh, Champaign-Urbana is the home, uh, the original home of uh, Roger Ebert. So, yeah, he's, uh, I've actually, you know, um, been in, you know, not been inside the home, but I've been outside the home. There's a little plaque that, uh, talks about how that was the childhood home of Roger Ebert. It's on, it's on Washington Street in Urbana, if anybody's interested. So, very tiny little, very tiny little white house. That's cool. Yeah, I bet they're super proud. I mean, that's, I'd be super proud too. Absolutely, probably uh, the greatest well-known critic uh, ever, probably, Roger Ebert. Yeah, right? I, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. You know, him and, you know, Gene Siskel. Siskel and Ebert. Yeah. Gene yeah. Siskel, Gene yeah. Gene Siskel, yeah. Gene Siskel, huge Chicago Bulls <laughs> fan when he was alive. He was always at the games. Oh, yeah. Great seeing some of those uh, Chicago celebrities supporting the Bulls back in the day. Uh, let's jump into... This week's iTunes reviews. It's one star five. We don't give a fuck because we really love to hear just how much we suck. Guys, Chris Dubach and your host is a jerk. I'm an opinionated asshole whose dick don't work. Yada, yada, blah, 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 blah
great week to come back. Come back to these iTunes reviews. These are these are great. Uh, oh. First first one first one is uh, by Westyed, and it's titled "Host is Terrible," and it's a uh, one star. <laughs> and it goes on to say the host is disrespectful and throws a temper tantrum like a baby if the co-hosts don't agree with them. And that is uh, that comes from Westyed. So. It's it's nice to take uh you know a couple weeks off and come back to to this. <laughs> yeah, man, what a warm welcome. What, what, what's the name again? WestJed? Uh it's I I'm trying to pronounce it the best that I can. It's spelled W E S T S Y E D. WestJed. Ah, I dig. I dig. All right, yeah, man, wow, this makes you want to fucking get on this horse and ride it off again, huh? <laughs> yeah, a big warm welcome. So thank you, everybody. Glad to hear from everybody that missed us in the interim. And uh, next one comes from Az- Az- Azure Griffin, and it's, t- it's titled Edited. So I don't know if iTunes edited it or he just is a moron and titled it Edited. And it's a one star, and it goes on to say, nope. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that might be my favorite one-star review. I don't know. I don't know. It's up I've, there. There's it's been up some there. better ones. That's it. That's all we got. So I want to, hey, guys, I want to thank everybody. <laughs> thank everybody. I'm really feeling the fucking love this week. It's just coming through. Yeah, these were the anal leakage of uh, iTunes review. <laughs> yeah, wow. I think I just felt my some of my first anal leakage there. Oh yes. man, Jesus Christ! I hate when your when your stomach starts to gurgle, Paul. Like you know what oh, I mean? Man, like it feels n- like a fucking like someone's taking like a hand grinder and just going to town. It's like there's a, a witch. There's like <laughs> a witch with like big ward on her nose, and she's like you like you, with a cauldron. And she's like, and she's, and she's just stirring that shit. She's just churning it around. Yeah. yeah I'm going to churn oh, it till so it comes boring. out your butthole is what she's doing. <laughs> oh, man. That noise during you the made part of your day where you're actually. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's your free sound bite of the week, everybody. You can use that one. <laughs> It's already my ringtone. I know. Oh, you beat me to it. Somewhere out there, there's, <laughs> there's a filmmaker, and he's like, in this next scene, we've got a witch with a cauldron. I just need something that sounds realistic, like a witch with a cauldron. There we go. Use it. It's a free sound bite. You can use it. I don't know where I'm going with that joke. Anyway. <laughs> th- 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 thanks for the backup, guys. Really appreciate that. <laughs> I wasn't what making happened? fun. I I thought it was supposed to be the stomach gargling noise, and I it was it kind of affected me. Yeah, yeah, it was the stomach gargling noise. Uh, what are we doing? I feel like we've been off for fucking the iTunes reviews were terrible this week. Yeah, man. Come on, <laughs> listeners, we, you need to lift us up. What the hell? I don't know. I think we've let them down this week, Jake. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're like, brought nope. me in for sure. <laughs> I was like, yeah, host talked about anal leakage for 20 minutes. Went, yeah, anal co- leakage, nope. Conversation went nowhere. Mm. All right, let's jump into good pop, bad pop. There's a lot of it this week, guys, getting caught up on about two weeks worth of shit here. So we got a lot of good pop, bad pop. Let's jump into it. For more leftover reviews with Good Pop, 
bad pop. Good pop, bad pop is where we talk about the things of the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things. And if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. Now, real quick, real quick. Jake, I sent in an audition tape to NBC so I could do an after show for the show This Is Us. Oh, that's awesome. Do you have a title? Yes, that was them. Ooh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, but uh didn't go over well. No? <laughs> yeah. Were you not sad enough? I've never seen the show, so... <laughs> It doesn't you need to cry. Yeah. And I'm jumping into like season six talking about it. And I have no idea who any of the characters are, you know, any nothing. And so, so it didn't get no emotional impact. No, no emotional impact. No tears. Is that is that what the show does? Is it does it like prey upon your emotions? I, it, at this point in pop culture, to me, it's known as the show that makes its fans cry every episode. Oh, wow. It's one of those kind of like a was it was it? Was it 30-something back in the 80s that did that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like the 30-something for today? Yeah, it's it's a good comparison. I don't know. I didn't watch 30-something either. I watched the pilot of This Is Us, and I haven't seen it. I did, too. I watched the 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 uh, pilot, and that was it. I, did, I don't know. It wasn't – I don't watch a lot of network television. Yeah, no, no. Michelle still watches it, but she watches it in, like, season chunks when it's over. Okay. Oh, is it something they throw on Hulu? Yeah, yeah. On the Hulu thing? All right. Anyway, good pop, bad pop, people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I watched the, uh, the Deuce season three. This is the series finale. I just want to talk about this real quick. This is David Simon's uh, show, David Simon from The Wire. Um Love the finale. Absolutely love the finale. I thought it was fantastic. This was, uh, honestly, I think, like, season one was my favorite show of that year. I think it was 2017. It was my favorite show of the year. Um, and then season two took a little bit of a dip for me. It didn't even get mentioned in the uh, in the tuppies. But, like, as far as season three, season three was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. I, I Maggie Gyllenhaal had amazing performances. Um I mean, it was, it was very, very good. And the ending was absolutely fantastic. You had a character kind of like, uh, you know, we, we got to see what New York City was like in the seventies and eighties. And then like in the third season, it's kind of like where Mayor Koch was like cleaning up New York. And then by the time the series ends, we get to follow one of our characters now walking through New York City and how much it's changed. But as he's walking through, he's seeing kind of like, uh, it's kind of like that Titanic moment when Rose is like, you know, seeing all the, you know, at the end of the movie where Rose is seeing like all the people on the boat again. It's kind of mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And, and I felt like you can say like, oh, it's that Titanic cheesy bullshit. But for me, it was just like we're revisiting all these characters that we've come to know over the years. And it was I thought it was an incredible, incredible series overall. And, I mean, you can look at the subject matter as far as, like, the porn industry and pimps and all that stuff and, and uh, you know, all the all the sex involved in this. But th- there's a lot more that this show deals with. It deals with, like, you know, 
um, the AIDS epidemic. Uh, it, it, it deals with, um, uh, women's sexuality and, and, uh, it's, it, this show is an absolute Tupperware and the final season, it, it came back to form in my opinion. So I'm going to give the, the deuce season three an absolute Tupperware and it ended just phenomenal, just a phenomenal ending to the show. The penultimate episode, something happens that I was just like, holy, it was a holy shit fucking moment. And uh, this is one of those series where now it's all finished. I would highly recommend this one. I would highly recommend this one. It doesn't glorify porn in any way, in my opinion. Um, it's just, uh, it's an honest look. It's just an honest look in my opinion, of like what this was all like in, in the seventies and eighties. And it's, they use a lot of, uh, uh, real things that happened in the seventies. Ralph Macchio, not in season three a lot. And I think he's probably been doing the, the Cobra Kai thing, but, uh, oh, they probably couldn't get him, huh? Well, he was in there. He was in there, but not a lot. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I think they kind of had like not write his character off, but they couldn't do a lot with him. So. Yeah. Yeah. I know HBO is kind of known for being pretty strict with their like scheduling of their TV shows too. So they yeah. probably couldn't yeah. bend much for them. Yeah. But it was nice to see him in there. You know, that's a uh, Ralph Macchio working with David Simon. Very cool. Um, I'm going to jump into this one. I, I, I did catch the uh, early Fandango screening of Dr. Sleep. Um, oh, awesome. This is not a Bill Cosby biopic. This <laughs> is the, uh, Oh, uh, that may be scarier. Yeah, true. Um, this is uh, based off the uh, Stephen King book. Uh, it's the follow-up to The Shining. Uh, Fandango offered an early access screening on October thirtieth, uh, October thirtieth, uh, nine days before the official release of the movie. Uh, synopsis: uh, On highways across America, a tribe of people called the True Knot travel in search of sustenance. They look harmless, mostly old, lots of polyester and married to their RVs. But as Dan Torrance knows and tween Abra Stone learns, the True Knot are quasi-immortal living off the steam that children with The Shining produce when they are slowly tortured to death. Haunted by the inhabitants of the Overlook Hotel, where he spent one horrific childhood year, Dan has been drifting for decades, desperate to shed his father's legacy of despair, alcoholism, and violence. Finally, he settles in New Hampshire, in a New Hampshire town, an AA community that sustains him, and a job at a nursing home where his remnant shining power provides the crucial final comfort to the dying. Aided by a prescient cat, he becomes Dr. Sleep. Then Dan meets the evanescent Abra Stone, and it is her spectacular gift, the brightest shining ever seen, that reignites Dan's own demons and summons him to a battle for Abra's soul. Uh, this one's directed by Mike Flanagan, who directed an episode of The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix, if you've seen that show. He also directed another Stephen King adaptation, Gerald's Game, that's also on Netflix, which I really liked Gerald's Game. I thought that that was very well done. And then he directed Ouija Origin of Evil, which is the good Ouija movie. Not, it's the <laughs> sequel, and it's actually the good one. Um, the first one was not good. But uh, this one stars Ewan McGregor as Danny Torrance. Uh, it also stars Rebecca Ferguson. Rebecca Ferguson from the Mission Impossible movies. Uh, Kylie Curran is in this. This is her feature film debut. We've also got uh, appearances by uh, Jacob Tremblay, Bruce Greenwood, uh, Cliff Curtis, uh, Emily Allen Lind, who I was really impressed with her in this movie. But I 
I'm going to start off by saying that this is, I'm telling you, the first two acts of this movie were amazing. I, man, it's uh, two and a half hours. And Jake, man, I am loving this movie. Like it is, and it's very faithful to the book in, in the first two acts. And it's, it's so good. It's so good. I am like so in on this. And here's where it gets weird is the third act. It feels like it's like the shining greatest hits album. Mm. And that's what's weird about this one is because I wanted to convince myself after I left that I loved everything. And man, I was, I was so into this movie. I was so into this movie that the first two acts are just amazing. Ewan McGregor's great. Fucking Rebecca Ferguson's great. There is, there are moments that will make you cringe. Like this, this does not shy away from like violence to children at all in the movie. Um, Jacob, oh, wow. Jacob Tremblay in his scene in this movie, like I am like cringing in the theaters and I'm looking around at other people and they're like putting their hands <laughs> over their faces, reacting like it, like he is screaming and it, 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 it happens like out outside and it's very quiet and there's nobody around. And it's like this kid can scream as loud as he wants and nothing's going to help him here in this moment. And they don't really cut away. Like you, you feel for this kid. It is like, if you have kids, this is something I don't know if you're going to want to see this or not. And it's not like, like, it's not like I don't have like a soft spot for children. I just feel like this is the movie and Jacob Tremblay signed up for this. And he fucking killed it. This kid was just like, and the little, the girl, uh, this Kylie current is so good and she's so charming and charismatic mm. in this movie. Her chemistry with Ewan McGregor is so good. Um, but yeah, like there is child uh, violence to children in this movie. And I'm not saying like, Oh, it's great. I'm, that, I'm just saying like it is, it's, it's pretty horrific. Um, when you watch it. But it, the first two acts of this movie, it's just when you get to that last act, Jake, it, Jake, it's like, Paul, they are just, it's, it just feels like it goes from like, we are giving you a completely book faithful kind of like movie here to then like, welcome to the shining, the greatest hits album. And it's, I, yeah, that's, that's, that sounds kind of lame. And the book, kind of really wasn't like that either like it it definitely was a direct sequel to the shining but it didn't really overtly feature it like that if i if i remember correctly well i i will still give this movie a high taste it i wanted to give it a tupperware because i'll be honest with you Mm -hmm. the first two acts of this movie were some of the i was by the i was like i was thinking to myself like oh my god this could be one of the best horror movies I've ever seen. This is so good. I am so into this. Like Rebecca Ferguson's great. Um, I'm really loving everything that's happening in this movie. This is so cool. I love how they're setting up like this kind of like mentor relationship between Ewan and, and this young girl. And, um, yeah, that sounds really fun. They really fucked up by not releasing this before Halloween, right? 
Yeah, I think so. I think so. It's really an open market right there. There really wasn't a like, you know, super accessible horror movie that was very new. Do you think that they wanted to distance themselves a little bit from it? Chapter two, especially with it being another Stephen King Mm. thing. Yeah, I feel like It Chapter Two already came out way early. It's enough, still in thirty. Standards. It's still in theaters, though. Like, there's still theaters around here that are still playing It Chapter Two. You know, it still has like two, three screenings in some theaters. So, I don't yeah, know if right. that was. And I think it does come out on digital in like a week or two now. Yeah, so they're probably waiting for it to be out of theaters before that they put mm-hmm. this one in there because they don't want it competing with another Stephen King property. Yeah, I, I, I can buy that. Yeah, November 19th, is, it, it comes out on digital. So Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. It still I, seems like missed money, though. Yeah, I, I honestly, yeah, you're right. You're right, especially with uh, with Halloween. I think that's when I would have gone at. for sure. Like, I actually looked at the, like, movie theater listings to see if there was even, like, a classic horror movie playing around here mm-hmm. that I could go see. And it was just nothing. One showing of It Chapter 2 at, like, 2 in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. I I still recommend seeing this one, everybody. I still recommend seeing it. I still I think that uh, I think and the two and a half hours kind of flew by to be quite honest with you. And I think like even in the third act, a lot of the imagery is very cool, you know. But I don't know. I it, <sighs> yeah, I'm still excited. You you've kind of the way you described it made me excited. I always like experiences where you can kind of look around and see how other people are gauging really stark and shocking things. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's always a good time. Like, I'll never forget Hannibal, like, when they're cutting his head open and just the reactions from the people in that opening night crowd. Mm-hmm. Like, it just kind of makes and breaks movies sometimes if you get, like, just good audience recoil to stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would still recommend seeing this one. So, Dr. Sleep, I really wanted to kind of, like, fool myself and to be like, yeah, it's great, but, like, there's still something about that third act that just kind of like rubbed me the wrong way. And I wish that they would have kind of like basically said, you know, yeah, you know, Kubrick's movie is a classic. It's a great horror film, but like, let's not lean into that so much. Let's. Yeah. That, that, that's very unfortunate. Like I kind of wish it would, you know, play on its own source material and not be an ode to the Kubrick movie. Like that's a, that's bad. Form. And it started out that way. It really did. It just was like that. It, then by the time you get to the third act, it's all about that Kubrick film. It's basically, yeah. um, they had, Oh, they did have, uh, I won't spoil that. I won't spoil it. Just watch the I movie. I mean, I've seen the trailers though. And I know what you're talking about. They're like, it's some, parts they just like directly are showing you the stuff from the original movie like i was surprised that it was a quasi sequel to the movie as much as it was to the book i wasn't really expecting that angle yeah and that was i I don't know it's like was that i think that was all mike flanagan and i think that and i still like this guy as a director i still think he's fantastic i really do and do you think like a like a layman is gonna say if you build this movie as the shining part two I'm going to feel ripped off. Like, do you think there's a pressure from the filmmakers and the studio to include this type of stuff just because maybe it's what they think normal people would expect from it? I think that I honestly think that there was pressure from the studio to because like here we are. It's like you can say that like it's a sequel to the shining, but like most people, when they think of the shining, they do think of the movie because most people are moviegoers. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Way more people have seen the movie than have read the book. Well, and then, you know, we do know, you know, we we know just from interviews and, uh, you know, even that like, documentary that documentary that we both watched is King and Kubrick didn't get along. And they had different, you know, visions for the movie. And Kubrick kind of like said, fuck you and did his own thing. Yeah, totally. Did they do, is there hedge maze stuff in this movie? Yes. Oh, wow. So it's totally that that direction that's yeah. crazy yeah i'm surprised king would even sign off on that knowing how he feels about the original shining movie yeah yeah, yeah. he'll fucking sign off on anything apparently I, I love me some stephen king but i have no faith in what he gives the thumbs up to when it comes to doing adaptation well, shit. he lets anybody exactly. he lets anybody write anything about you know about that right like you ha- what is it like he, stephen king's like if it's all public domain. He he lets anybody write or do anything with his with his books. Yeah, yeah. And there's been you, you're exactly right. Like someone did an a- adaptation of the plant that was really low budget, and he's fine with it. Yeah, yeah. But even worse than that, it feels like once the thing is created and he's even seen the thing, I've never heard him. Other than the fucking shining, he gives everything the stamp of approval, which mm. kind of dismisses his hatred of the shining at this point. I don't know. I just think that that's a personal beef he has with, with or had with Kubrick. Yeah, Jesus. You know, he he missed the mark. You know, he he made it the horror more about Jack Nicholson than he did the hotel. But somehow the director of The Mangler did everything fucking perfect. You know? <laughs> right. Jesus fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I've got a lot more to talk about in Good Pop, Bad Pop, but I still, I know it sounds like I'm down on Dr. Sleep, but I'm telling you, go see this one. Go see it for yourself. Yeah. Some great performances yeah. here. I, I really did enjoy it. And even the third act, it's, it's not terrible. It's not terrible. I just felt like it just, it, man, they were, dude, they, they were, they were winning the, it was, it was a Tupperware, man. It was a Tupperware. And then it was just like, oh, so. Oh, yeah, wow. I love Ewan McGregor, and I haven't seen him in much lately at all, right before we're going to get a glut of him. So I'm excited to see this still. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll pass it off to one of you guys. Paul, what do you got? Yeah, <clears throat> I'm going to kind of feed off of what you said. I know I kind of messaged you two before, but um, I am a huge It fan, and I did. I was able to see It Chapter 2, and – it was probably my most anticipated movie right behind uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I walked out of that theater and I think I texted Jake right away. I'm like, I'm fucking going to toss this shit. And it was just, I was so, uh, maybe it was my expectations of mm. it, but I was just so disappointed. I think it's been beaten to death with how long it was. It kind of took away from everything. But after the first five minutes, I kind of already tapped out and I know Jake just said it's going to come out on digital in a week or so. Um, I don't want to give anything away. I know it's from a book 30 years ago, but when I was last on, Jake and I talked, we were excited because it kind of teased that they were going to show a pivotal scene from the book, and they did, but I feel like they got it totally wrong. They only used it just to get audience. Like They only used it for a shock factor type of thing. They never really delved back into it. Uh Pennywise maybe was in the movie 20, 30 minutes of a two hour and 30 minute movie during the movie. They like go to great lengths to kind of address the concerns we had from the miniseries about the spider. Like they really make comments about that. The whole 
flashback scenes with the teenagers. I know they want to kind of strike with lightning twice, but de-aging them and really kind of changing the voice of the one kid just see it took me out of the movie. So yeah, I got I got to toss uh, it chapter two, and I hate to say it, but it was a huge disappointment to toss it. Man, that yeah. sucks, dude. I couldn't do it, man. I I still haven't seen it. I a lot of people I trust, including including you, Paul, like we're just so disappointed by it. And then I'm so anti movies being three hours fucking long anyway, especially yeah. horror movies. I, I just think that you start to defeat the purpose when you're doing things like that. That I was just resigned to fucking watch this thing on digital. And it really kind of breaks my heart because that first part was one of my favorite movies that year. Oh, it's, it's fucking, it, it was heartbreaking because I, I love the first one. That's one of my first mentions on PCL was my review of it. Chapter one, fucking Brian read it. Um, I loved it, you know, and you know, the thing with Pennywise, he goes after kids and like after the two hour mark, he's finally going after kids that you don't give a like just random kids that you have no connection to. It's just, it was just a mess. The only redeeming part was bill Hader. he was fucking amazing in the movie yeah i'm still holding out that maybe because my expectations are so low that i'm gonna be mm-hmm. like oh damn that was great but i don't know i hope so i do hope you get enjoyment from it but yeah it was it was a it was a huge letdown i know it was a long time ago but i felt like with the whole doctor doctor sleep i had to I had to kind of get it in. No, yeah, absolutely. It's very fitting. I, I'm, I've got a lot of horror stuff that I'm going to be talking about this episode since we are, you know, uh, you know, that I do watch a lot. I, I do watch a lot more horror in the month of October leading up to Halloween. That's just, it's just how it is with me. I think it's been like that every year. I think, um, a lot more horror. I think, you know, who wins fucking Halloween for me this year is, is Shudder. The, the, uh, oh, yeah. The AMC service, like they, they've really been kind of stepping up their game here recently. And I, with all the streaming services coming out, they, they had an announcement that they're going to stick with like these separate services. It's not going to be all bundled together because we've seen kind of like, you know, what, uh, HBO Max is doing and they're bringing everything together. Uh, they're still going to, you know, AMC is still going to have like their AMC premiere. They're still going to have shutter and they've got other services. They also, uh, offer like two or three, four other services, uh, none of which I'm really familiar with, but yeah, they're going to stick no, to that. No, I think that's really cool. I think it makes shutter look like it has more like street cred, you know, it makes it look more legit that it's not just going to be bundled together with AMC's, you know, new streaming service that it makes it feel like it really is a horror place. Yeah. yeah. And not just this like leg of something else. Uh, let me jump. Yeah. Since we're talking about shutter, let me just jump into a couple things that I did watch on shutter here real quick. And then I'll get back to you guys and all your good pop, bad pop as well. I saw the movie haunt on shutter. This is one that I actually watched with Scott while I was with him, uh, on Halloween, a group of friends encounter an extreme haunted house that promises to feed on their darkest fears. The night turns deadly as they come to the horrifying realization that some nightmares are real. Directed by Scott Beck and Brian Woods, two guys that I am not familiar with, but I'll be honest with you, Haunt. Um, it looks like it was. Uh, it's an. It's a Shutter exclusive now. I think you could, that you could have gotten it like VOD before, but now it is on Shutter. If you do have Shutter, um, this was a lot of fun. This was a, a very fun Halloween kind of like haunted house show 
where these these friends kind of uh, go through this haunted house and and they see some of these horrific things happening and then they start to realize that like the kills and things like that, that they are watching are real. Um, yeah. And uh, this I had a lot of fun with this one. I'm actually going to give this one a Tupperware. I thought it was a blast. So if you do have Shutter, uh, I'm not going to get into it too much. It's it's it, it you know yeah but, yeah uh, yeah we get the yeah, premise yeah. But I you know it, I think it was like I I watched Hellfest last year and Hellfest I think I gave it a, a taste it or a high taste it. It was fun enough. This is way better than Hellfest. This is uh, this was fantastic and it's it's pretty brutal. Um, and I would highly recommend. I also watched uh, Nightmare Cinema on Sh- on Shutter. This is a Shutter exclusive uh, in this twisted horror anthology. Five strangers are drawn to an abandoned theater and forced to watch their deepest and darkest fears play out before them. Lurking in the shadows is the projectionist who preys upon their souls with his collection of disturbing films. As each reel spins its sinister tale, the characters find frightening parallels to their own lives. The projectionist is Mickey Rourke. <laughs> oh, awesome. That's a great role for him. <laughs> oh, man. Um, this was... Uh, I'm going to give this one. A, wow. I'm, yeah. I'm going to give this one a taste. It, it, it's an anthology series. I'd say that the first story is the best one. It is a fucking blast. It's a bunch of, uh, kind of like, um, you know, p- uh, kids in their twenties, uh, kind of like, uh, on this little, uh, you know, trip out in the woods together and drinking and partying and stuff like that. And come to find out that, uh, there's a there's a guy called the welder that's going around and uh killing these kids and uh there's twists and turns in it it's really fun like i don't feel like all horror needs to be and i'm not knocking this movie not all horror needs to be midsummer not all horror needs to be hereditary no. and i know those are from the same no. director there's some horror that i still get a kick out of that cheesy fucking just kind of like silly fun horror uh it all doesn't have to be this highbrow shit and and i loved midsummer don't get me wrong i thought it was fantastic but this is just that first story was just kind of silly with the welder uh second story was kind of fun it had like a uh i don't know kind of like like a nip tuck kind of like bizarre story where uh, you got somebody you know going through and doing like um uh Alleyway plastic surgery. Plastic surgery. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Um, and it just kind of just, it's this bizarre kind of like body horror, body torture kind of thing. And then the story is just kind of like dip in quality, in my opinion. I think the, the last two were not great, but overall nightmare cinema was fun. So I'll give it a taste. It, and that's a, that's a shutter exclusive. It's a sh- shutter exclusive. <laughs> that's cool. I, I love. I agree with you, Brian, about that type of movie. I kind of love that archetype of movie. It, it sounds like it's kind of the creep show formula, the Twilight Zone formula. Tales you know, the from, the from the Dark, dark side. side. Yeah. Or the Cat's Eye. Or, and those are like classic, you know, anthology horror movies that you don't really see done in, you know, modern day. Isn't yeah. that, is the new, what, Scary Tales, whatever, was that movie kind of like that too? Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. It's all, yeah. it's uh, the Guillermo del Toro thing. Yeah, was that three different stories too? It's all different stories, but it's the same story, but embedded in them, these kids actually have, there's a book. And so like when the girl starts reading from the book, 
these stories come alive and then it oh, okay it's like the meta yeah. goosebumps version exactly of it I, I got you yeah. i got you all right yeah but yeah that sounds really cool it's neat to know that in 2019 they're still kind of using that blueprint for just a cheesy fun horror movie i mean the fucking welder it obviously isn't taking itself too seriously and it was fun i love that welder story i thought it was really fun how does the welder kill people oh man the the one guy uh he starts to okay so like the one guy starts to fight him they're up and he's got this guy pinned up against the wall the welder's got this guy pinned up against the wall and uh, the guy pulls out a knife from like a butcher block and uh goes to go, <laughs> he welds that shit to the wall. Well, no, hold on. He goes <laughs> he goes to stab the welder and the welder grabs the knife and then stabs him in the gut. And so then 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 the fucking kid goes to grab another knife out of the butcher block to stab him and the welder grabs that knife and stabs it through his arm. And then it, this happens until like this kid is like fucking like stabbed up against the wall and can't move and then Jeez. the welder takes his fucking like blowtorch and fucking like starts blowtorching his fucking guts and you see like his whole fucking inside start burning and shit and then his fucking head you can see his head like smoke and fire coming out of his fucking head and then they cut away to the girl who's preparing uh, to fight him, and she's getting all like Ash versus the Evil Dead on this motherfucker, like wrapping chains around her hands and saying, you know, all this shit, like I'm gonna fuck you up or whatever. And then they cut back, and the guy is just like a burnt skeleton on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and the welder has made a sundial. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's fucking. I, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, that that sounds hilarious. That, I love that classic, yeah. like just kind of cheesy horror movie guy chasing you and you got to get away or yeah. stop him type of motif that's fun it was fun it was fun um jake what do you got um i watched the f- only the first episode of the new apple plus tv show for all mankind mm-hmm. yeah yeah um it's like a science fiction alternate history show um you know of all the apple plus shows this was kind of the one i was the most interested in um, one of the big head honchos of this show is Ronald Moore, who I've always been a big fan of. He was one of the main uh, series writers on Star Trek Next Generation. Uh, he was the main guy behind the Battlestar Galactica reboot, which yeah. was one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Uh, he's also the main guy behind Outlander, which is a show I really have had no experience with. Hmm. So I, I've kind of been off the uh, Ronald Moore train for a while, but these alternate history kind of things. Would you say that really... it's been Ronald less for you? <laughs> yes, there's been less. <laughs> less is not more either. It's just nothing. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna end the show right now after that one. Yeah, it's not. Jokes aren't getting yeah, better it's or not. wittier. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna wrap it up. All right. No, go ahead, Jake. But yeah, and this is an alternate history show, and it kind of asked the question: uh, What would have happened? What would have happened? if the space race never ended because in this version the uh, USSR has actually landed on the moon before the USA so it's just really fascinating um the show stars Joe Joel Kinnaman and his character is kind of the main focus of the pilot episode but I mean they kind of dip all over the place and you see a bunch of different aspects of what's going on but yeah I just I found this show to be really I'm going to go ahead and Tupperware this first episode. I actually liked it quite a lot and Mm. I I can't wait to see more of this. Um, I was kind of on the edge of my seat with this thing because it's alternate history. You 
don't know who's going to succeed and who's not going to succeed. And by the time we got to the end of this first episode and we're seeing characters that you know in real life, like Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin, I was on the edge of my seat if they were even going to like survive this mission or not. And I'm not even going to tell you how this thing ends, but I can't wait to see like what different twist on history during the time of the uh, space race this has. So, man, I, I really loved this thing from beginning to end. I thought the special effects were really amazing. Um, I thought it was a great period piece. I, I really fell into that we're in the late 60s here. Um, everyone's smoking in every government building in this television show. So if you're going to get triggered like a lot of people did during Stranger Things with all the smoking, this is not the show for you because that is all over the place. But, yeah, I thought the music choices were spot on. Um, there's an interesting side story that I'm not sure how is connected to the main story yet that I'm kind of fascinated with. Yeah, I thought this one hit on all cylinders for me. Um, and with it being Ronald Moore and how kind of interesting science fiction he can get with some of his stuff, I, I'm not really sure where they're going to go with this thing by the end of it. Um, the first three episodes are available on Apple TV Plus already. I don't really know anything about the uh, release schedule for Apple Plus TV shows. I'm kind of confused by that. So I think what they what they did chunks. Well, what they did is you can watch. The first two, I don't know how this is possible. I posted uh, a link to, I guess, the details about it uh, on on our Twitter, and I, I just haven't had a chance to read it. But you can watch the first. This is interesting. This is an interesting rollout for the for these first new shows. They've got uh, C with Jason Momoa, which I'll talk about here in a moment. Dickinson, uh, that's the. Uh, uh, Haley Steinfeld show. And then of course the morning, mm-hmm. is it the morning show? Is that, is that what it's called with Jennifer? Yeah, Aniston? the morning show, the morning show. And Steve yeah. Carell's in that one. Steve Carell. And, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, what they're doing is you can watch the first two episodes for free. And then, and then there is a third episode of all these shows available now. I think Dickinson, they released all the episodes, but as far as like C and For All Mankind, they've released three episodes. The first two you can watch for free. And yeah, so the morning I, shows the same way too, Brian. Yeah. I think they just kind of wanted to get you hooked on like the first two episodes. Um, and that way they'd want you to sign up. I get, you can get seven days for free, which is what I've done. I'm kind of like, going to make up my mind here as to whether I'm going to stick with the service. But, um, you know, after the seven days, I all, I, I've watched this as well, Jake. I watched the first two episodes. Yeah. Um, the second episode, in my opinion, is better than the first. I'm going to give the first episode a high taste it and I'll give this the second episode an absolute Tupperware. Um, oh, exciting. I thought the second episode was phenomenal. Um, the ending of the second episode, it really kind of like opens up what the show's going to be. From what I hear in this, what they're going to be doing is every season is going to be jumping ahead like another decade. And we're going to be able to see like where the space program would have been had the space race kept going even in our current time. It's just going to jump ahead by 10 years every season if the show continues to go. So that's really cool. Yeah. I'm, I, I, uh, that second episode was just fantastic. 
And uh, I, I, I loved the first episode. I thought it was very good too. But I'm, as far as this uh, Apple Plus, you know, Apple TV Plus is concerned, I think that this is the show that is going to hook people. This is the one that uh, people are going to be raving about because I, I thought it was really, really good. And Joel Kinnaman, strapping young man, Jake. Yeah, yeah, very much so, very much so. I thought his story was interesting too. I, you know, I, I might be incorrect, but I think he is a completely fictional character. I think you're from, right. From what I know. Yeah. And it, it's really interesting too, just like from a conversation he has with a reporter just really affects his life and what is going on. And yeah. I just found all that very fascinating. Yeah. Even though it's fictional, you still kind of put yourself in the shoes of kind of how intense it must have been for families of people involved with the space race and mm-hmm. what was going on in the background with, with people during these kind of times. So I, I thought it was an interesting study and look at all sides of what was going on during these times. And mm-hmm. it'll be crazy to see a world where people still give a shit about the space program 20 years from the starting point of this first episode. Right. Like that's a really interesting conceit, and I, I'm kind of glued in. Yeah, yeah, and they're like, like they've even got, uh, how it affects, like, you know, uh, President Nixon at the time, and, uh. Oh, yeah, the Nixon voice kind of blew me away. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. That was really good. So, yeah, I, I am gonna Tupperware this series so far. I've got one more episode to watch before they start doing, like, I guess their weekly release. But, uh, yeah, this is, guys, definitely do the seven days. Um, you might even want to just wait until this is all collected to see, cause, like, um, it, it, because that's I, not I, a bad idea either. Yeah, or at least watch the first two episodes before you click on your seven day starting. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Get an idea of what the show's about. But I was digging it. Yeah. So, yeah, great show. Really good. I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed. Yeah, um, I can't imagine anything better than this on Apple TV Plus. At least in this first month. Speaking of Apple Plus, I watched uh, the first two episodes of uh, C, which is the Jason Momoa show. And actually, um, this is kind of my fault. Rebecca, I uh, we had access to go see um, uh, the uh, screener for this one. They were showing it at a uh, like there's a private screener in New York, and I was like, I don't live in New York, but Rebecca does. So I sent the our contact. Uh, uh, Rebecca's information. Rebecca actually got to watch this like two weeks ago, but um, and but she was embargoed until the twenty eighth, and so I just figured, well, I'll just talk about it. Now I'll give her thoughts on it here in a moment. But this is uh, far in a dystopian future. The human race has lost the sense of sight, and society has to uh, has had to find new ways to interact, build, hunt, and to survive. All of that is challenged when a set of twins is born with sight. Um, uh, I'm going to give this first episode a taste it. it it's it, it, the second episode. I'll give it a high taste it. The, there's a lot going on in the show. I, I it's from Travis uh, Knight, who I love Travis Knight from Taboo. And he did the, you know, what was the Serenity movie last year? Travis Knight also does the Peaky Blinders show on Netflix with Tom Hardy and uh, Killian Murphy. Uh, Killian Murphy. Yeah. I don't know. But, I always get that wrong. Yeah. I, uh, I, um, I'm a big fan of Travis Knight. This is, it's a good show. It's interesting. There's a lot that you can do with a world where people can't see. I think it's very interesting, like how they read. Um, people basically take like, uh, kind of like a rope 
and uh, put different knots in it, and they kind of like read it like a braille. Um, and uh, it sounds like yeah, something to say there. Oh no, uh, sorry, no. Um, and then they read it like, kind of like a braille thing, and uh, there's different kingdoms and things like that. And there's there's one uh, kingdom where they 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 are hearing that there are these kids with uh, that are born from this man that had sight or whatever, and um, they're wanting to to uh, I, I think kill these children. They 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 don't want a world where people can see. They think they view it as evil. Um, you've got Jason Momoa, Alfre Woodard's in this, uh, Rebecca, I'll read what she had to say. She says, I had the chance to see episode one of the series at a special screening. The concept is intriguing. The cinematography is gorgeous. They definitely show interesting ways that humans have adapted to being blind. Uh, but the show takes itself very seriously for a group of people dressed like clan of the cave bear. Uh, there's a lot of <laughs> chest thumping by Jason Momoa. There's a weird, almost hunger games feel to the people in the Capitol. I'm not a huge fan of the way they portray the character of queen Kane played by Sylvia Hex. Uh, the first time we meet this powerful woman, she's naked. We get a back shot of her and she prays by masturbating. That, that was weird. Overall, I'd give it a taste. It I'd give it the three episode treatment because they have set up a MacGuffin that Momoa's tribe has to find. Um, yeah, there's a weird yeah, like that does sound odd. There's a yeah, like this Queen Kane uh, in the second episode. Like she's like she kills this guy and then she must pray. And this, she starts ringing this bell and this woman comes in and then the woman just starts going down on her and she starts praying. So it's like she prays by masturbating. It's so weird. That almost sounds like forced, like sexual situations. Like we're going to be like Game of Thrones season one and really ramp up the sexual shock value. Well, there's a, and and I could be wrong here, but I think it's like a, a nephew and his aunt start making out in this show. I think they're related. I think it's his aunt. And they start making out and kissing in the show. So I started definitely getting like the Game of Thrones vibes in this one. The coolest part of this show is that there's these, uh, there's this one character and she's a shadow and the shadows are, since everyone's blind, the shadows are there and you don't know that they're there. So they're listening in on you and they are covered in this kind of like white clay. Um, I've just seen one of the shadows. I don't know if there are more shadows, but they only move when you move. So you can't hear them and they could be right in front of you and you don't know. And I thought that that was the coolest part because like they show this woman and she's a shadow and the way she moves and how acrobatic she moves and how quiet she is in the woods was just really impressive. Um, there was also uh, a scene where Jason Momoa in the second episode is defending the two babies and uh, he's having to fight a bear. There's a bear out in the woods. And, and so here he is a blind man. He's having to fight this, this bear out in the woods. It's uh and it, for the most part, it looked pretty real. Um, I think there's one shot of it where it did kind of look just like a big guy in a suit, but for the most part, it looked pretty real. <laughs> I, I'm gonna give it a, uh, I'll give it a taste it overall. Um, I, I probably will watch more of this one, but, um, 
I'm definitely yeah, all... especially if you pay. You're not going to pay and then not watch this thing. Yeah, but I'm all on board on for all mankind. Like that's what I'm on board. I, honestly, I think Epics right now has more to offer. I think in the in the long run and and better stuff. Epics hasn't steered me wrong yet. Like Godfather of Harlem continues to be amazing. Uh, Perpetual Grace Limited, phenomenal show, and uh, Pennyworth is really good. And it just got renewed for a second season. So that's awesome that yeah. you stuck with Pennyworth. Yeah, Pennyworth's really good. It's very good. So yeah, see, I'll give it a taste. It. Um, I don't know. If- yeah, I saw like an infographic where they showed all the Apple Plus shows and they showed the Rotten Tomatoes score, and I saw this was the only one with a splat. Oh, the C one. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It's not great. Have you heard about uh, Foundation? Is that another Apple Plus show? It's coming out. Yeah, it's going to start um, Lee Pace and Jared Harris. And if you guys did, you guys watch Chernobyl on HBO? No, I have not seen it. You're missing no. out on one of the best shows of 2019. It is phenomenal. And I think it's like only six episodes. Yeah, I know. It's definitely on the list. It just it seems so heavy. And I feel like I haven't been in the space for that. Yet. Oh, come on. Trust me. Get. I'm telling you, watch yeah, this. Get one. over it. Get over that fucking bullshit of the heavy shit. It is. I'm telling you, like fucking Jared Harris is just there's a there's an episode at the end where Jared Harris is showing you um how uh, a nuclear reactor works and he's just doing it with pictures and it is one of the most amazing things I've ever seen like I can't tell you how a nuclear reactor works but I feel like after I watched that episode like he explains it in layman's terms with like pictures colored pictures and you're just like oh i get it it's 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 a fucking phenomenal series jared harris is like the mvp of that show but lee pace and you'll remember lee pace he played um ronan in uh, guardians of the galaxy he also was in lincoln and then for those of you that do remember he was in a show called pushing daisies that got canceled after two seasons that was fucking amazing did either of you watch great. you watch pushing daisies I did, and because uh, of him, I watched a show called Halt and Catch Fire. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. I've never seen Halt and Catch Fire, but I, everybody that talks about that and uh, Mackenzie Davis and all that, they say it's just incredible. But um, Lee, you're gonna, you're gonna check out any of the other uh, Apple Plus shows that are available now. Am I? Yeah, yeah. Like Dickinson and the Morning Show. Yeah, yeah. Are I you probably won't. Skip over those? I'm probably not going to watch Dickinson. It just doesn't seem like it's something up my alley. I might watch. I might try the the morning show. Yeah, I was thinking the morning show. Maybe just at least the first episode. Yeah, but found- sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you about I- the Lee Pace show. I didn't want to hear about that. Oh yeah, Lee Pace pushing daisies. People, my God, watch that show. So good. By a guy, he's a pie maker. Jake, guy, he works in a pie shop, makes pies. But when he touches, when he, he has this power where he, when he touches a dead person, he can bring them back to life. And then if he touches them again, they die permanently. So like he can like, so if somebody dies, they get murdered, he can touch them, bring them back and they can tell him who like murdered them, like what happened. Oh, that's a really cool, like it makes for a great episode of the week show too. I bet. Oh, it's so good. But the woman that he loves, she died. He brought her back. But if he ever touches her again, she dies. 
Right? Oh, wow. That's, that's fucking heavy. Great show. Great fucking show. Anyway, uh, Foundation is, uh, that's gonna be on Apple TV Plus, and it's based What's on- What's the deal with it in a blurb? It's the, it's based on the Isaac Asimov novel series of the same name. It chronicles mm-hmm. the saga of the Foundation, a band of exiles who discover that the only way to save the Galactic Empire from destruction is to defy it. Um, Harris is going to star as uh, Hari Seldon, a mathematical genius who predicts the demise of the Empire. Pace will star as Brother Day, the current emperor of the galaxy. It sounds like it's going to be a big budget kind of sci-fi show. And you've got two great actors here, Lee Pace, Jared Harris. I'm kind of down for this fucking series. Like that's, I mean... I don't know. Anything Jared Harris is in from now on, like this guy is, you guys gotta watch Chernobyl. I'm not, you, you, it'll blow you the fuck away. So good. So fucking yeah, this, good. This foundation sounds amazing. You want to hear an interesting fact about these books? Is it, they earned the Hugo Award for best all time series in 1966, beating out Lord of the Rings. Shut up. Wow. And I've never even heard of it. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's crazy. That's a major crazy. influence on modern science fiction. It's been referenced by Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, wow. Futurama, and Fantastic Four. What do you, okay, going back, like, who's, like, going back, like, what do you think is, like, the, uh, the earliest sci-fi stuff? You know, like, it's gotta be, like, is it Jules Verne stuff? Had like Journey to the Center of the Earth and Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. It's got to be. What do you think? It's Jules Verne, and then then we're going into like John Carter from Mars. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because definitely the Jules Verne stuff is like the first. uh, The Isaac Asimov is. He's still pretty modern, though, right? I would say so. Yeah. Jules Verne's got to be like the earliest, wouldn't it? As far as sci-fi is concerned. Paul, you're a teacher. You're a teacher, Paul. Teach us I something. am a teacher. Teach us something. But I teach kindergarten. Okay. <laughs> just read Dr. Seuss. <laughs> there you go. What was the first Dr. Seuss book? Um, oh, jeez. Yeah, you don't even know I'm a piece of shit. Oh, man. <laughs> Hop on pop, right? I believe so, yeah. Or, yeah. Is it Horton. Horton has anal leakage. Was that the first? <laughs> I, I Googled. What Horton hears a poo. Picture. It was called Hort- <laughs> Horton. Hears a poo. Horton hears a poo. <laughs> It's about Horton. Horton. Imagine the cover for that book. <laughs> it is, this is an elephant taking a big shit. Was, was it was Hort- Google? Yeah, go ahead. I googled what the very first ever science fiction book was. Interesting answer. It is Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. They considered that science. Oh, I guess so. I guess it would be sci-fi. Yeah, they said that and The Last Man, both in the 1800s, helped define the form of the science fiction novel. Yeah. Wow, I I always thought it was Beowulf. Yeah, that's interesting. I could see Beowulf, the argument for that, too. Yeah. H.G. Wells. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Worlds is more. Yeah, I think we... We're losing everybody. Everybody's falling asleep. (laughs) Let's take a a quick break. We'll come back with more good pop, bad pop. How's that sound? Oh, yeah, dude. I've been needing it.
we're back. I just, uh, you guys uh, see what uh, Quentin Tarantino says his favorite movie of 2019 was? No, I did not. You hear about this, Paul? This. No, I did not. I need to hear this. The movie rhymes with your name. It's Crawl. Oh, the alligator movie? The alligator movie is fucking, yeah, it's uh, Tarantino's favorite movie of 2019. Wow, what a ballsy pick. I love Tarantino. Fucking yeah, He's man. Great. That's crazy. I, I'll be honest with you. It was a fun movie. It was a blast. I enjoyed Crawl. Barry Pepper. Nice to see Barry Pepper in something good as opposed to like the Maze Runner sequels. I like Barry, I like Barry Pepper. He's great. What was he in the 25th hour with uh, the Spike Lee movie? He was awesome in that. He's great in uh, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. He's, he's fucking oh, yeah. Sniper. Jeez. Jesus. And he'd, uh, he'd read off a uh, scripture and then shoot somebody in the head. Oh, yay, though, I walk through the valley of the shadow. Boom, motherfucker. Right in the head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. Anyway, I uh, I watched um, – uh, this is one of the things. I'm not going to spend too much time on the stuff that I've been watching. But uh, I watched uh, Living With Yourself on Netflix. Did either of you guys get a chance to watch any of these episodes? <clears throat> no, I was not able to. Uh, a man undergoes an experimental treatment to improve his life only to be replaced by a new and improved version of himself and must fight for his wife, his career, and his very identity. Uh, this show is created by Timothy Greenberg. He's a producer and writer for The Detour and The Daily Show. This uh, Netflix series stars Paul Rudd. Um, it also has a, a Leah Shaw cat from Arrested Development. And then, uh, one of my favorites, this, this guy, unless you watched You're the Worst, you wouldn't know who this guy is, but Desmond Borjas. I love this guy. I think he's absolutely fantastic and he is in this show and it was great to see him in this. But yeah, this is a Paul Rudd Netflix show and about, uh, you know, half hour show. And this guy goes to this spa. Uh, he finds out about this spa where you go there and it's supposed to just like change your life. And he's looking for a fresh start. He's looking for something, you know, he used to be like, uh, really, uh, uh, he's in, uh, I think he's like in marketing and, uh, he used to be like the number one guy in his field. And he, I don't know, just life has just kind of like kicked his ass and, uh, it's, it's affected his marriage and, and, and everything. So he goes to this spa that he hears about. And while he's at this spa, here's, I guess, minor spoilers i guess it's just spoilers for the show what they do is they clone you and then they kill the original you oh wow and then so what happens is something goes wrong though and uh they don't kill the original version and so he like finds himself waking up in the woods they buried him in the woods and he finds himself like waking up and ripping through like this plastic bag that they've got him in and coming up through the ground. And, uh, there's another version of him out there. That's like the better version of him that has all of his memories and everything. And, uh, it makes for some fun. It makes for some experimental stuff that they can do at this show. I, I, I I'm going to Tupperware it. I thought it was fantastic. I really enjoyed this show quite a bit. This is, Something I think everybody should give a chance and watch. Paul Rudd really shines in this. He's really good in this show. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty incredible. I really liked it. So is it a funny, funny show and a drama? Is yeah. that the feeling of it? Yeah, it, it's funny, but it can go pretty dark when it needs to. Huh. Yeah, I, I really should check this out. So just like 10 episodes? I think it's like eight or 10, something like that. I finished it in a weekend. 
I couldn't stop watching it. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I should check this out. I, I do like me some Paul Rudd. And, yeah, it, that's an interesting plot. I really didn't know what the actual through line of the show was. And, yeah, the whole cloning gone wrong thing sounds kind of cool. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I thought, it, you know, usually it's just like, uh, you know, you think of, uh, and I liked multiplicity, but, uh, this is, it's different. It's a different concept and it's, it's very cool. Um, Jake, you want to talk Terminator Dark Fate? Yeah, I would love to. Let's do this. In Mexico City, a new, a newly modified liquid Terminator, the Rev 9 model, arrives from the future to kill a young factory worker named Danny Ramos. Also sent back in time is Grace, a hybrid cyborg human who must protect Ramos from the seemingly indestructible robotic assassin. But the two women soon find some much-needed help from a pair of unexpected allies, seasoned warrior Sarah Connor and the T-800 Terminator. This one's directed by Tim Miller. Uh, he was the director for the first Deadpool film. Uh, this comes from a screenplay from D- uh, David Goyer, a uh, story by James Cameron, and uh, it's the sixth installment in the Terminator franchise. It's a direct sequel, though, to the Terminator 1984 and T2 Judgment Day, Terminator 3, Terminator Salvation, and Genesis, and the television series The Terminator Sarah Connor Chronicles. According to Cameron, those occur in alternate timelines, so they're not part of the canon of Terminator Dark Fate. This uh, stars uh, Linda Hamilton, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, we've got Mackenzie Davis, Natalia Reyes, Gabriel Luna, uh, and Diego Bonetta. Uh, I, um, Jake, I actually, I want to know what you thought about this one. Um, what did you think about Terminator Dark Fate? Oh, I was pleasantly surprised by this. I, I'm going to give this the highest of tasted is where I'm at with this movie. I, I thought it was a really good time, a really great popcorn flick. I thought, I didn't think it was the most daring movie and that's kind of what kept it from being a tough word to me. It was a, a little bit connected dots from beginning to end and didn't have too many twister turns. Like I don't want to get too spoilerific with it, but I, everything I could kind of see coming a mile away with a lot of the plot lines, mm-hmm, yeah. but it, it didn't take any of the enjoyment away from the movie from me. It wasn't like that put me in this zone where I was like, Oh, this is dumb, cheesy shit because I thought everything else was pretty fantastic. I thought Linda Hamilton coming back and reprising her role as Sarah Connor was worth doing. It didn't just feel like a a paycheck to, you know, do another Terminator sequel. And I thought she was fantastic. Um, I thought Arnold did a fantastic job. So like, and I'm really anti that kind of sequelitis stuff where we just got to bring in and do the classics. You know, you just talked about how that, threw you out of the you know the shining sequel dr sleep and i wouldn't want that kind of stuff happening here and i thought in the movie's favor it really earned revisiting those characters and you know it was really interesting to see what had happened to them from the past like it was almost like the stuff that happened before and in between terminator 2 and this movie was more shocking than anything that happens after was is kind of what's keeping it from being a Tupperware for me, but and I thought the new players were great too. I thought, um, what's the actress's name? Uh, Mackenzie Davis. Davis, yeah, 
yeah, I thought she was fantastic. I loved her character. I mean, unfortunately, kind of the press and the promotion for this movie ruined her reveal and what she was, you know, that she was just an augment, I think is what the terminology for it was. Yeah, she's been augmented, um, yeah. I didn't absolutely love the main bad guy one. Was that Diego Bonita? Is that what his name is? <laughs> no, that was Gabriel Luna. You got the other name. You got Diego Bonita was uh, in the movie. You got that name right. I was just impressed that you got that name right. But it was Gabriel Luna played the uh, Rev Nine. Okay, okay. I, Rev Nine you know, doesn't I, that sound like a like a the new Toyota? New Toyota Rev yeah. Nine. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not going to be too nitpicky, but none of the like new lingo names were that great to me either, like that or Legion or whatever. But yeah, I thought I thought that the main bad guy wasn't the greatest thing ever. I I really enjoyed the technology and the special effects from him, but I didn't I didn't really think that acting was all that great and he was probably the weakest of all the actors in the movie i felt like he really felt some kind of pressure to repeat the uh robert patrick performance a little bit and it, it just never quite did anything for me at all oh man but he's, yeah, uh, I, he's the go- fan- he's the ghost writer in that agents of shield thing i haven't seen him as that character but oh uh, yeah i mean eh, i don't know it just Robert Patrick, he was able to make the role like scary. Like his, not only did his form of acting come off as like deadpan, but like as a kid, I was scared by that, you know? And I, I didn't think this brought anything to the table as far as that was concerned. Like the special effect was far more scary than anything this actor was bringing to the table. And indeed it was. It was a great special effect. And I loved what they did with the Rev 9 Terminator. But. Yeah, I mean, this was, if you're a fan of the Terminator franchise and you've been disenchanted by the last few movies, this is definitely a must-see. I really do mean that this is the highest of taste-its. And, yeah, I'd be excited for another Tim Miller Terminator movie. I would see it opening night as well. Me, on the flip side here, I would not want to see Tim Miller come to back come back to this franchise, to be quite honest with you. I think that uh, I would like to see, oh, man, when I, dude, what I did love... The alternate, like the alternate future with Mackenzie Davis and seeing her in the resistance or whatever fighting the Terminators. And I just kept thinking to myself, I want more of this and I want Matt Reeves to direct this movie. God, that, you know what I mean? Cause like, what- oh yeah, yeah. Just it's the same type of scope from the apes movies, the kind of yes, balance you want to see. That I was. D- 100%. You read my mind. Man, Matt Reeves on a fucking Terminator movie would just be killer. I like this movie. I did not love it. I thought it was good. I think it's better than the other Terminator films that they've tried. Um, but I, I thought it was good, not great. Uh, it does, I think it was interesting, some of the choices that they decided to make in this movie. I will say that the action set piece for the third act and and we're starting with basically like that whole plane sequence and the way that, that whole plane sequence goes was incredible. And I thought that that was a great action scene. I, I thought that it was a lot of fun. Um, but overall, I, I don't know. I, I, Arnold was great in my opinion. I thought he did a great job in the movie. I thought Linda Hamilton did a, a great job. I needed a little bit more kind of like, uh, I didn't really feel like the relationship between Mackenzie Davis, his character of Grace, and uh, you know Natalia Reyes' character of Danny. I didn't really feel like that whole connection because they kind of threw it all together in this in this movie. I, I, I mean, it 
it, it was fine enough. Um, I, there's a lot of questions coming out of this movie that I have because of the way, some of the things that happen. And I'm going to bring up one of them and it's kind of like a little bit, it's not too much, it's not a spoiler because it's not addressed in the movie, but I guess it, you could take it as a spoiler. So if you don't want to know anything about this movie, then just, I guess, you know, fast forward maybe a couple minutes, but I got a question for you, Jake, with what happens in this movie, is there a chance that in this world now is Kyle Reese still alive? Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. It it feels like very possibly, (laughs) you know, like, it's the whole future has been altered to the point where it's not even Skynet anymore. Right. So, so why could why couldn't he be? I, I feel like yes. I feel like if we got like a second or third movie, like it could actually end with, you know, it could end with Kyle Reese being in the series again or something. I I don't know. Or, or, I feel like if I, honestly, I I would take it a step further and feel like they would want to build that kind of thing in the next movie. That would be because cool. I mean yeah. I don't know how many times you're bringing Linda Hamilton and Arnold Schwarzenegger back. So that's always an easy connection to something familiar that may potentially draw people to see the movie in the first place. Yeah. That'd be cool to see them bring in Michael Bean. Um, yeah. You think they'd use like technology or like the de-aging technology for Michael Bean? Or? They could, they absolutely <laughs> could, but I, the movie is not doing well in the box office. So I, no, it, Dude, we, I saw this thing at Friday at 7 p.m. I can't think of an opening night that had fewer people in it than this movie. Well, they're saying it's like it's going to not even hit like it might not even hit Genesis numbers or it'll be on par with Genesis, Terminator Genesis numbers, which is, you know, and this has got like a 69 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So people are, you know, critics are liking it. So, yeah. What ha- what happened here? When did I? What kind of movie was Genesis? Like, did it come out in the summer? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember either. I feel like it also came out at this time, though. Like in this in this time period, I I think people that's really people bizarre. are just burnt out on Terminator, dude. Yeah, I mean, there's only so many event movies you can drag everyone to go see, and it, I don't think people feel like the Terminator franchise is that anymore. It's no. a little bit been there, done that. I think they lost a little bit of goodwill with the last movie, the Genesis movie. So I think they needed to wait like a decade before trying to pull this trick and actually make a lot of money from it. Yeah, dude, I, man, I also heard like, not only did Linda Hamilton have problems with Tim Miller, but I found out that fucking Cameron handpicked the guy and still had problems with him over the final edit. They were fucking arguing over the final edit of this, of this movie. Yeah, I I can believe it. I can believe it. You know, I this movie was really weird with the special effects. I thought the first two minutes of special effects they showed me were really shaky um, when we first saw, like, kind of the reveal of the, the Terminators, like, shooting guns and everything. Yeah. But then I thought it, like, turned around a corner, like, somehow. Like, within, like, three minutes, all of a sudden, it didn't look as, like, shaky as it looked for those first two, three minutes. It felt like maybe they were... Um, on purpose trying to get like a real 80s cheesy feel to the effects of it at the beginning it was a really odd choice mm-hmm. yeah it's a it's a taste it for me um I, it's 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 still good though yeah paul yeah, i would st- i would still watch it paul 
Uh, yeah, I was definitely planning on doing a, uh, I was going to do a double feature tomorrow of the Terminator and, uh, Jojo Rabbit. Oh, God. Jojo oh, yeah, Rabbit go. is. I can't wait to see Jojo Rabbit. It doesn't release nationwide until November 18th, Jake. So, like, it's, mm. they're, they, basically, they're, like, slowly rolling it out into different cities. So, November 1st, it was only available in New York City and Los Angeles. And then the next weekend, it was like, you know, now it's in, you know, St. Louis and a bunch of other cities and they're slowly rolling it out until November 18th. So I, oh, gosh, I'm super hyped. Yeah. So I'm just going to do Terminator then tomorrow. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. If you have it near you, go see Jojo. I hear nothing but great things about Jojo Rabbit. So, um, oh, I am doing the early access and you guys still can do this. If you have AMC a list or an AMC around you, you can do an early access of Ryan Johnson's Knives Out, and you can oh, watch yeah. What's it the date on that? November 22nd. You can do the early access. So it's five days before they release it on November 27th, which is the official release date. So I'm, I've already got my ticket for the 22nd. I cannot wait to see Knives Out. This is probably uh, yeah. my most anticipated, right up there with Star Wars Episode Nine as being my two most anticipated movies for the rest of the year. But um I'm with you. It looks so fucking good. I it opens on Thanksgiving nationwide, right? Thanksgiving. But yeah, if you want to watch it before Thanksgiving and beat the Thanksgiving crowds because Thanksgiving is a big fucking day for movies, you can oh, yeah. watch it on November twenty second. So yeah, just uh yeah, check. That's sweet. You gotta pay. It doesn't work with A list though, right? It does work with A list. I did oh, not have to pay. Shit. Yeah. So I totally yeah, I had to pay for Doctor Sleep, but I did not have to pay for fucking uh knives out. Um fucking A. I saw Dolomite is my name. Uh this is a new Netflix movie, uh starring Eddie Murphy. Did you guys see Dolomite is my name? No, no, it looks really good though. I was not able to. No. Uh, Dolomite, is na- Dolomite is my name is a 2019 American biographical comedy film directed by Craig Brewer and written by Scott Alexander. Uh, the film stars Eddie Murphy as filmmaker Rudy Ray Moore, best known for portraying the character of Dolomite in both his stand-up routine and a series of black exploitation films, starting with Dolomite in 1975. This is Eddie Murphy's first movie in three years. It stars Eddie Murphy, of course, Keegan-Michael Key, Mike Epps, uh, Craig Robinson, uh, Titus Burgess, uh, Divine Joy Randolph, Wesley Snipes. I saw – this is another movie I watched with Scott. Um, I liked it a little bit more than Scott. I'm going to give it a Tupperware. This was great. I thought it was fucking fantastic. I thought Eddie Murphy was great in this movie. Um, I think it's uh, – if you've never seen Dolomite, I think that you would actually benefit from watching this movie first – and then watching Dolomite because it really gives you the background on how that movie was made. And it was, it's pretty, it's pretty incredible. I, I really, I'm not going to spend too much time on this one, but I'm going to give it a Tupperware. I loved it. I thought it was really good. R rated, fantastic. Eddie Murphy's great in it. And it gives you kind of like the behind the scenes look as to like how this uh, movie was made. Like this is like a guy that made like his own movie before, like, you know, Kevin Smith made Clerks before, you know, like fucking Tommy Wiseau did, you know, The Room. Like this is a guy that just like put everything on the line to make this movie. He had done some successful stand-up comedy and had very successful records that were making him money. And then basically if 
if his movie failed, like all of uh, the profits that he was making from those uh, comedy records was going to go to the studio that he had to pay back. And uh, he put everything on the line for this movie. And um, it was, uh, this is a really good film. It's very cool. And it, it's, it's cool to see how like this all came together. And uh, Eddie Murphy's phenomenal in this movie. He's so good. I, I had a blast with, Dolomite is my name. I give it a Tupperware. And it's on Netflix, people. So you, there's no excuse uh, to not watch this one. Yeah, it's fucking crazy to hear the words Eddie Murphy and Tupperware in the same sentence, like knowing kind of the stuff that we've seen him do over the last, you know, 10 to 15 years. So mm-hmm. it's really cool, this like return to form of good Eddie Murphy stuff. I'm, I'm really excited to see his uh, SNL hosting gig. Yeah, that's and, in and December. I'm mildly excited to see if Coming to America 2 is going to be any good or not. Well, it's going to be from the same director, I believe, and Wesley Snipes is going to be playing the villain in that movie. But it is PG-13, and that has me a little bit worried. But we shall see. Did you get, hey, Jake, did you watch Arsenio Hall's new fucking, speaking of coming to America, did you watch Arsenio Hall's stand-up? I haven't seen it yet. I didn't know he had a stand-up. Is that a Netflix? It's Netflix. And Jenny Slate has a stand-up special. There's like two. I'll watch both of those before next episode. Yeah, Jenny Slate, um, you know, she was on one season of SNL. She's also in uh, Big Mouth. Which I have not finished season three yet, but it's <laughs> I got I'm try I'm watching all this other new shit that I can't get back to that. But uh Jenny Slate Didn't they fire from SNL and that she, what the deal was? I think so. Do do you remember she when she dropped Bad. the F word on SNL? Oh no, no. She I, I do, yeah. Yeah, I, I had it do. Re- I, I'm just probably not thinking of what it was. I had it recorded on my D V R, but like they were all these characters were supposed to be using a word other than fuck. And you know that they were supposed to be saying fuck. And she just got caught up in the moment and dropped the F bomb on like live, you know, TV. And like, you could tell like, like her face was just like, Oh shit, I fucked up. I just cost Lorne Michaels a bunch of money in fines. <laughs> and it's not the first time somebody's dropped the F bomb on fucking SNL before, but it was still like one of those no, no. where I was watching live and recording it live. So I was kind of like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. She just dropped yep, the yep, F bomb. Yep. I don't know if that's what got her fired. But she's gone on to say, yeah, she's gone on to say that that's not why she's fired. She just straight up said, like, I wasn't funny. Uh, well, see that for Lord Michaels, that's hard yeah. to believe though, because her, I was able to catch her Netflix uh, comedy special, and I was dying laughing the entire time. But see, that's the thing is is with, with if you are a comedian and you're on Saturday Night Live, you have to if you're not getting in sketches, if they're not putting you in sketches, you have to write your own stuff. You have to write yourself into the show, and it sounds like maybe she didn't write herself into the show. Listen to this, not just Jenny Slate getting fired from SNL or maybe not even writing herself into the show. Sarah Silverman, one of the funniest women on the planet was on a season of Saturday Night Live and literally did nothing on the show. Like, do you remember that yeah, season? Jake? You just don't know. I do. I do. She was like yeah. on that whole season. And I remember watching the entire season and there was nothing with Sarah Silverman. She was barely in the season and I think it was just because she didn't write herself into the show or do 
I don't know. There, there was yeah. There's weird politics that goes yeah. on with who acts in what sketch. Exactly like what you said, because of who's writing the sketch, right, and right. you kind of have to be a jack of all trades to be able to, you know, be featured a bunch. And- yeah, and this is not me saying, oh, women aren't funny. I'm just saying because Sarah Silverman's fucking hilarious, and that's the thing. But it just didn't work for her on Saturday Night Live. Like we've seen her go on and be one of the funniest women in comedy. It just didn't work for her on SNL. So, which is wild. So. Yeah, yeah. And some people can't do the, I guess, live improv format very yeah. well. It's uh, not even improv, I guess. It's it's scripted. It's scripted, yeah. Because uh, they they do have a rehearsal, and then they do the show twice. You yeah, know, they that's do correct. it for East and West Coast, East Coast, and the West Coast feed. Yeah. I saw Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. Oh, nice! It looks beautiful, Jake. Uh... Okay, yeah, this is the sequel to Maleficent. Maleficent and her goddaughter Aurora <laughs> begin to question the complex family ties that bind them as they are pulled in different directions by impending nuptials, unexpected allies, and dark new forces at play. I saw, <laughs> I saw, what are you guys giggling at? I just, when, when you're reading such gobbledygook, it, like, you're on like two times speed when I'm listening to an audible book there. It was pretty funny. <laughs> Do you guys like the re- the way I read synopsis? Is that what it is? I especially liked that one. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> well, I loved how Jake was like, it's beautiful, and you just kind of sidestep, like, or he said, it looks beautiful, you just kind of sidestepped it and went to synopsis. Yeah, I was trying to, with the tone of my voice, allude <laughs> that it also looks terrible. Here's the thing. It stars Angelina Jolie. This cast is incredible. Angelina Jolie, Elle Fanning. Uh, Harris Dickinson, Michelle Pfeiffer, Sam Riley, Chuetel Ejiofor, and Ed Screen. Uh, I'm a big fan yeah. of Ed Screen. I think anything Ed Screen is in, he immediately, he puts his all into every movie. He's one of the most, I mean, he's one of the reasons why I can't wait to see Midway. I think, okay, I think, Jake, I think I'm a little bit more excited as far as like the war movies are concerned. I'm a little bit more excited to see 1917. Oh yeah. yeah, it looks like fucking a white oh knuckle movie. It looks oh crazy. Oh my god, they 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 uh, before Terminator Dark Fate, they played the trailer for 1917 again. And yeah, for just, me too. It's oh, the most intense part of Terminator. Jesus Christ! They, right? Oh my god! That why can't Terminator show up in that movie? Yeah, even in the trailer, I'm just, like when he's in like the fox tunnels and he's like going around corners and the uh-huh. camera's following. I'm like scared for whatever's gonna fucking happen. And it's a trailer, so they cheat and they're like jumping ahead to like people firing guns at people and whatnot. And I'm just like, oh my god, this movie's gonna be too much. Why don't they send a Terminator back to like fucking the uh, early, like the late 1800s or early 1900s to like kill Sarah Connor's like you know great grandpa? Yeah, no doubt. No matter how much history they change to, they can never change enough history so one Terminator won't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> they can never get out. Of, that's like perma stamped into like every like Doctor Strange scene alternate reality. You know, like all the million different versions. It's, oh man, the Terminator's always one version will be Arnold. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, this, what were we talking about? Malif- oh yeah, Malif- 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 movie. It looks terrible. How was it? 
I'll be honest with you. I saw this one in 3D. And, and it, I, the only reason I went and saw this movie is because they were playing it in 3D. It's been so long since I've seen a 3D movie, Jake. And I found one theater playing this in 3D. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go check this out. And um be honest with you, had a pretty good time watching it. Did not. It looks gorgeous. Did not hate it. Did not hate it. I'm, I'm actually going to give this one a high taste that I had a, I had a pretty good time. Actually liked it. Wow. I thought, I thought, uh, I thought they did a pretty good job with this one. I thought it was, uh, Angelina Jolie and Michelle Pfeiffer have some incredible scenes together. They both are playing a motherly figure in this one and battling, uh, for their different kingdoms. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, Angelina Jolie, who's like the, you know, the queen. Well, she's not the queen, but she's, you know, um, she's got her fey kingdom. And then you've got like this, uh, medieval kingdom run by, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. And, um, they're both, I don't know. I, I had fun. I, I like, I'm not going to spend too much time on this one, but, uh, yeah, I'm excited that you liked it. The yeah. Fife dog was good. Huh? Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Fife. Oh, the Fife dog is what you called her. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Paul Pfeiffer from the wonder years. <laughs> I was like, Which what? one was he? Is he the, is he his friend? Kevin's friend? Yeah. He was Kevin's friend. The one that everybody said was Marilyn Manson grown up oh remember yeah that? i love that rumor do you remember that rumor marilyn manson didn't he start a bunch of those rumors like he removed his rib so he could suck his own dick yeah remember that rumor did you hear that rumor paul <laughs> yes, everyone heard that rumor it. i think that yeah i think that yeah whoa and i think whoa. clerks robot kind of, the paul. first clerks oh god oh my gosh to. Paul Blart Mall Robot. What the fuck? fuck? I hate you so much for bringing that up, you son of a bitch. I think Legion got Paul there. It totally got me. Am I good now? He sounded like, uh, (laughs) unmuted. (laughs) I unmuted. My name is Paul. (laughs) Paul Hart 5000. (laughs) Conky 2000. I'm so glad you brought the Walmart refer- Paul Blart reference. I've never heard that one before. Hi. Oh, Paul, but I called that one. But I called you Mall Robot. I took it. I, you know, I zagged. I, I zagged. You I, thought I, I was going to zig. And you zagged. I, I definitely appreciate it. Who's reading Ziggy cartoons in 2019? Do they still make those? <laughs> <laughs> I, that's probably like a family thing, right? Like it's like three generations of Who's, like, all right, son, you're going to be drawing these when you're old enough. What what kid has a Ziggy, a Ziggy plush doll on his shelf in 2019? Ziggy. What what I, child more is popular? Family Circus or Ziggy? Oh God, Bill Keen in his last years was just going fucking. He was uh, was he had to have some dementia or something, right? I'm sorry, guys, if you're, if you've got a family member going through that, I feel like I brought up something really fucked up right now and I, I apologize. Yeah, man, just trying to have a healthy conversation about a really shitty comic strip. You know, had to go there. I had to go to dementia. My, my, my grandmother had, uh, she started to, she had a stroke and, and it was like, it's one of the hardest things to watch. So I apologize to everybody. It was one of the hardest things to watch. Um, her uh, after that, so I apologize. That was that was fucked up. Uh, yeah, we're trying to. Uh, where's Waldo? What's up with that? <laughs> so you saw Maleficent <laughs> in 3D. It was pretty good. 3D was good. Jake's trying to reel it back in. 
No, I, I really want to know. It I, was. I, it was fun. I I watched it in 3D. I had to. I had uh, literally no other theater was playing it in 3D. The only reason I watched this movie is I did like the first one, but I love – I haven't watched a 3D movie it felt like since Avengers Endgame. So I yeah. you know, I, I, I wanted to see something in 3D and this was in real 3D and I, I had a lot of fun. I, you got to learn more about like the different race of creatures that Angelina Jolie's Maleficent – was there's more of the those winged fucking looking things yeah, that the, she are, is? Are they the phase? Is that- yeah, yeah. Like you get you get that. Chueta Edgia Four is one of them, and Ed Screen's one of them. And oh, uh, cool. you get to learn more about that whole race of creatures that she comes from. And I I I enjoyed it. I I I don't think it is it's as bad as. As the critics were giving it like the fifty percent or whatever, so I think it was fine. I think it was a fun movie, and uh, uh, I didn't know it was a fifty percent. It's that bad, huh? Yeah, fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes for the critics. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I do think it looked way more gorgeous than like the last one, just from the trailers. Like uh, it, it yeah. almost like looked like a fucking Michael Gondry music video, like the like kind of the art direction to me from what I saw in the trailers. So I was really yeah. interested to see it on an art level. Yeah. Yeah. I saw little monsters on Hulu. Not going to talk about this one too much, but this was a zombie movie. It was released in theaters for like two fucking days. And I was thinking about <laughs> going to see this one in, uh, in the theater. Glad I didn't, uh, stars Lapita Nyong'o, Josh Gad and Alexander England. And uh, it's about uh, Dave has decided to get over his recent breakup by seeking refuge in his nephew Felix, accompanying him on a school trip, among other things, to be able to get closer to one of the teachers, Miss Caroline. Everything seems normal, at least until a zombie invasion breaks out that will threaten Dave's plans. New horror movie icon Lupita Nyong'o nails it in this blend of comedy and gore. Uh, it's directed by Abe Forsyth, who directed a movie called Down Under, and uh, I never saw that. He's an Australian director, and the movie takes place in Australia. Um, it's R-rated, and so I was hoping to see a movie where they were having kindergartners uh, kill zombies. And that is not what happens in this movie. Uh, it's a huge miss opportunity, in my opinion. Um, that would be amazing, right? Yeah, and it, it kindergartners can do some shit. Well, see, here's the thing: they try to hide the fact that a zombie outbreak has happened to these kindergartners. They try to shelter them, and and they don't want them to know that a zombie outbreak has happened. And so, a lot of the movie deals with that. I love Lupita Nyong'o. I think that she's given us one of the best performances this year in the movie us um her character is very forgettable in this movie um josh gad sucks in this fucking movie the only character i really enjoyed was dave played by alexander england who i've never seen in anything before this australian actor i thought that his character was really good as far as this movie's concerned i'm gonna give this movie a toss it you can watch it on hulu it's a zombie movie it's not funny in my opinion and uh it's really uh, a huge letdown in my opinion i mean you you, you think to yourself lupita nyango josh gad this is going to be great zombies not good 
Yeah, that's unfortunate. It, it does kind of sound like the recipe for a good movie, right? You know? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's got a good enough cast. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess just so much, uh, so much zombie genre stuff. It's like, what more can we do with it, huh? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to talk about two more things. I'm going to pass it off to one of you guys. Um, I saw The Lighthouse today. This is the new movie. Oh, yeah, movie. I've heard about that. The black and white deal? The black and white movie, and it's not widescreen. It's like a 4 by 3 format. It's oh, wow. Yeah, which blew me away. Kind of like mid-90s when you saw that one last year. Uh, it's from Robert Eggers. He's the uh, filmmaker behind uh, The Witch, which I've never seen. Jake, you've seen The Witch. Yeah, I loved it. Well, you might love this movie. This is a uh, hypnotic and hallucinatory tale of two lighthouse keepers on a remote and mysterious New England island in the 1890s. Stars Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. Not, not many. Every, everybody's named William. Not many Willems out there. Yeah, yeah. There's a Will I Am. There's a Will I Am of the. Is it the Black Eyed Peas? Yeah, correct. Will I Am <laughs> of the Black Eyed Peas? He was. In, he was in classics like uh, Wolverine Origins, I believe, too. Oh, he was. He was in that. He didn't. He wear like the uh, the fucking. He, he was wearing like a uh, like like a like a hat that you would get in the. Uh, Outback Steakhouse gift shop if they had one, right? <laughs> oh, that made me snot a little bit. Yeah, that is correct. That is correct. <laughs> the, the, the Outback Steakhouse gift shop. If, 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 if such a thing existed, Will I, Will I Am's hat from that movie would be in said gift shop. If there was a Crocodile Dundee web store that you could go to you might be able to buy that hat um oh yeah totally i i know that people are loving this fucking movie i did not get it i did not like it at all it was (laughs) fucking weird like i i don't know it is fucking bizarre there's a lot of uh um there's a lot of Weird. I don't know. It is. I can't. I don't even know how to fucking describe this movie. I. I just was not into this at all. I like the critics are loving this. It's like at a ninety whatever percent, and even the audience is like at a seventy percent. And it's there's a lot of drinking. There's a lot of masturbating. There's a, oh my god. I mean, it's like you've got Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson, and they're acting their asses off. But like, I am like not into this movie at fucking all i i was so not into this is it supposed to be a horror movie it is a horror movie yeah it's a horror movie and and they're they're two opposing lighthouse operators well you've got robert pattinson i need to see a trailer for this thing robert pattinson a man with a mysterious past who <laughs> is taking on a four week kind of like you know, uh, I guess internship as a lighthouse keeper and he's just doing kind of like odd jobs around the lighthouse. He's, you know, uh, carrying, uh, barrels of kerosene up to the lighthouse and he's, uh, shoveling coal and things like that. And, uh, you've got, um, Willem Dafoe who is like the, he is operating the actual light and stuff like that. And, and, uh, but he's very particular on, how uh things are run and he's he kind of like rules with an iron fist and and these two 
kind of like argue with each other back and forth and uh you've and the only times that they really get along is when they get drunk together and there's a lot of drinking there's a lot of weird masturbation scenes there's a lot of like hallucinations that go on with Robert Pattinson's character him hallucinating and seeing things um this is just way over my head like i did i don't get it I, it's, I'm just a dummy, I guess, when it comes to this, cause I'm sure, like, you know, this is just like, some of these art house films, like, I can, I, you know, like, I'm like, oh, I appreciate that for this, and like, this, I have no idea what the fuck the director was trying to say. I don't, it was just yeah. weird. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't, I actually think, like, I have not seen anything about this movie, but I think The Witch, it did come off a little bit artsy, but I, I still think it was extremely accessible and not hard to kind of get the metaphor that was going on, you know? I don't know. So maybe this just sounds like next level weirdness. I don't know, but maybe I'm just really dumb. <laughs> so No, that's not true. I <laughs> Like this is like your blind spot, right? I just I could you don't not know what's going on. I could I not I could not get into this. I could not get into this at all. It was so weird. It's so weird. And the, oh, there's so, there's a wow. What's crazy about this is there's a scene with a bird, and a bird ends up fucking dying. And on the way home from the theater, I'm driving, and there's like a bunch of birds in the road that's fucked up and i fucking like i so but there's a car merging in the other lane so i can't i can't move my car and i could tell like one of these birds is one of these birds is going to be a victim to my car right now i you can just tell it's always crazy when you see a movie and shit like that affects you immediately and then all of a sudden dude i hear thunk on my car i fucking yeah i killed a fucking bird I felt like shit. I felt terrible. I love animals. Like, even just fucking dirty birds that are, you know, that carry disease and shit. I just felt terrible. Even the most disease-ridden bird makes yeah, I, you sad. I know. <laughs> where's, where's the Hallmark card for that? Where's, you know what I mean? Like, where's the Hallmark card for a guy that hits a disease-infested bird? You know? Like, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, but sorry for your That's loss. That's market, I think. It is. There needs to be. Why can't we to edit, Jake? We should start like a. Oh, hi. There's a beer bottle cap hitting the floor. Um, we should start like a whole like greeting card, like make your own greeting card fucking website where you get to design your own greeting cards, and you know yeah. what I mean for like. I, I agree. I like the entire like things you accidentally hit in the road section. That we have <laughs> right, man. Already. Oh, That's already man. a good start. Oh, the worst time I ever hit an animal. Well, I hit a deer once, and that was not my fault. It was the deer was just just ridiculous. You have hit a deer too. Yeah, man, fucking, I hit the thing, and then uh, it like did like this fucking Indiana Jones barrel roll, and then just like ran off. Yeah, dude, I think I've had like say I may have told the story in the podcast before, but I just barely tapped a deer. Yeah. And it like fell down and I thought it was dead. It just like was like falling down and playing possum. And when I got out of the car, 
I got right next to it and it just jumped up and ran away. Deers are badass like that. They're a badass like that. Like if Hollywood stunt actors had the abilities of deers, that would be cool. (laughs) (laughs) Then Deadpool 3 would be really awesome. Well, you could hit them. You could do whatever you want to. Like they just, they just get up. They just get up. It's crazy. Yeah, it scared me fucking shitless, dude. I fucking jumped like five feet in the air. I was driving around the other day. <laughs> I was driving around the other day and a fucking like deer like just came out of the woods and did like this hop, skip, jump. And I was just like, what the fuck, you freak of nature? Look at you gliding through the air. Fucking like, like that's what that's what Carl Lewis must have felt like in the Olympics. You know what I mean? <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's crazy watching these fucking things, the way they move and the way they jump. It's like, God damn, you little fucking freaks. Yeah, little, and the legs look like so. Like, if I had those legs, I'd just be falling every, like, ten steps. Oh, I know. Oh, my God. Yeah, those legs, they just look like there's nothing. But there's there's a whole lot of something behind those legs, Jake. Yeah, yeah definitely. Springboards, and they just, boom. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy, yeah, man. We're excited for the fucking National Geographic on Disney Plus. Oh my god, can't oh, wait! Yeah. Animals are confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it weird? Animals like like we we you know like we look at like humans. Yeah, we can build stuff, we can make stuff, we invent stuff. But man, you know, you got like animals like you got like spiders, and they they've got uh, they got a string that comes out of their butt, dude, and it's strong yeah. as shit. We can't do that. I can't do that. I got anal leakage, man. I can't even do that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's animals, hardly string. Yeah, I know. Animals are fucking crazy. Like, what's that one fish from fucking Finding Nemo that's got the light in front of it? And oh, it fucking scary thing, yeah. And it attracts other fish, and then all of a sudden, boom, I can't do that. I ain't got no fucking, you know what I mean? The only, I, the only thing that we could do to attract anything is fucking throw beads at Mardi Gras, Jake. There's like, you know what I mean? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> That is true. We have no light. There's no light. I don't have it like, yeah. Oh, my God. Hey, yeah. I was just thinking, like, it wouldn't be cool if our penises, like, lit up. A little light on it. Yeah, a little light on it. <laughs> they call it fleshlight, you know? Uh-huh. No, that's, <laughs> that a, that's something. But that's if, a, yeah, if your penis is lighting up, you need to go to the doctor. Oh, man. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. That's true. Or, or you can... You can start your own, like, if your penis is lighting up, I would start, I would start, I would start a business called Cave Dick Tours, and I would just. (laughs) Yeah, man, you're, you're on top of it today. Another mark to edit. And my name, my name would be, I would be Rudolph, and I would lead, (laughs) I would lead my tour through, you know, caves and stuff. With my, uh, with my lit dick. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> Brian with your dick so bright. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, we got our tour tonight. That's funny because I just. Our cave tour. <laughs> I sort of, I sort of reviewed a movie called The Lighthouse, which is. <laughs> I saw. Did, or go ahead. I was going to say, did any of this help you figure anything out in the lighthouse? No, I have no idea. It was weird. It was a weird movie, and I didn't like it. And for those of you that did like it, <laughs> like I, 
I don't know, man. I don't know. Man, I'm super intrigued now. I mean, that's crazy. You hated it, then you killed a fucking bird. Dude, that was so weird because, like, there's a scene with a bird in that movie, and it's it's dead. (laughs) And I'm driving home, and thunk, I hit a fucking bird, man. It was so weird. It was so weird. It was like the universe was just like, that's some meta bullshit, Jay. <laughs> yeah. that, that is super wild. It was a true story. I fucking hit a bird today. I fucking killed the thing. It felt terrible. Disease. No, I believe it. And it sounds like the weirdest movie to have done that after. I know. Of all like the if fucking If you were coming movies. home from like a Marvel movie, you might have been able to cope better. Like I would, I would have felt better had I just finished watching Mighty Ducks and I hit a hockey player. Like that would have felt. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i saw mrs fletcher mrs fletcher on hbo have you guys heard about this series no it's a new series based on the novel of the same name written by tom parada Uh, mrs fletcher is a coming of age story of mrs eve fletcher and that of her son brendan eve is a divorcee and is undergoing a midlife crisis. She decides she no longer wants to be her old self when her son Brendan goes to college as a freshman. She experiences sexual reawakening and sexual fulfillment that eluded her in her younger years. Brendan also undergoes his sec- his own sexual troubles as he navigates college life. This uh, stars uh, Catherine Hahn, who I, I, I'm a big fan of Catherine Hahn. Yeah. yeah, me too. Uh it's directed by Nicole Holof Center, uh, who's directed five feature films. Uh, she's also a student of Martin Scorsese. And um, let me just start off by saying I'm going to give this a Tupperware. This is about as perfect of a pilot episode as I have ever seen. This is wow, one of the high praise. highest of praise here. This is probably... The, one of the best pilots I've ever seen. It is perfect. It sets up everything that you expect from the series without diving into what you're going to be seeing throughout the series in the first episode. It's kind of like a zero episode in a way. It is masterful. This this director, Nicole Holofcener, I don't know if she's how many episodes she's going to direct throughout this series, but... This was just incredible. You've got Catherine Hahn, who's, you know, her kid is going to go off to college and, you know, she's worried about how she's going to handle life, uh, you know, living in an empty nest now. And, um, you know, I'm going to get into her son real quick. Her son is a piece of shit. He's like this popular high school kid, but he's also kind of like a bully at school. He treats women like shit. He treats them like shit, but still gets his way with them just a real piece of shit. So he's off to college and the mom doesn't really see, I I don't think that she's, she sees what a piece of shit she's raised. Like what, like, and I don't think it's 100% her fault. I I, I don't know. Like the show hasn't really opened it up um, that far, but um, she drops him. She drops him off at college. He can't wait to get rid of her and just start like his new. And she's like crying. She like she's you know she's so upset that she's losing her son. And there's a scene where she gets home and the house is empty. And just the way it's shot, like 
the cinematography in this is just fantastic when it needs to be. And it really gets the message across like, you know, she's, she's home and she's alone. And so like, it's, there's a scene of her, her friend earlier in the episode called her a MILF, like you're a MILF. And, and like, she's still kind of like thinking about that because there's a scene in this where she's like laying in bed and she looks up MILF and it pulls up all this MILF porn and she starts to watch it and then she like immediately like closes her laptop. But then the curiosity just fucking, you know, gets to her. So she opens a laptop back and she starts watching this MILF porn. And I think, yeah, there's definitely a sexual awakening going on within, you know, Catherine Hahn's character in this. And she joins, I think it's like this, uh, at the end of the episode, she joins like this, I think it's kind of like a drama class or something like that. And it's like a blend of like all different people of all different ages that are joining up with this in this class. And one of the guys in this class is somebody you see earlier in the episode, but he's very young. And you can tell that he's like looking at Catherine Hahn as if she is uh, a MILF. And, uh, she notices that she's catching the eye of this younger guy and she takes off kind of like her, she's got like a jacket or, or, or a sweatshirt on or something. She takes it, uh, or, or a hoodie or something like that. And she takes it off and she's like showing off her shoulders and like flipping her hair around. And that's where the episode ends. And, and it was perfect. This whole episode was just perfect. This is one of the best pilots I have ever seen set up a series. I am so excited for this show. It's called Mrs. Fletcher. Nobody is talking about it. It's on HBO. Highly, highly recommend. This is fantastic. And this is going to be one of those shows that I think like once the first season's complete, people will finally be catching on to how fucking good this is so jump in on the ground floor and be like yeah i've been watching mrs fletcher uh you know since the beginning of the season this is fucking great this is a really good fucking show just the pilot episode so far this yes. just started yeah it just started just started and the pilot is about as perfect as a pilot as i've ever seen i am not lying it is so good yeah, I'm definitely going to check this out. I love Catherine Hahn ever, ever since just her appearances on Parks and Recreation. So, yes. yeah. And HBO just does, you know, such great things for, mm-hmm. for people sometimes when they can get the, these vehicles like this. So, yeah, you know, like, what is it, Barry, another HBO show? Yeah. It's just kind of the, yeah. kind of the same thing where you just let one, oh, one person kind of, you know, be the central character of one of these series and is it a half an hour too? The, yeah. this new show yeah it's a half hour show yeah oh yeah that's a, it's a must see what do they have it paired with usually they have um a show like this paired with something interesting i don't know it was one of those things where i pulled up hbo go and then it was on the front page and then i was just like i gotta watch this oh yeah yeah sorry to put you on the spot i'm just really kind of curious now like where it's sitting at like a block on HBO. Usually these half an hour shows are next to another really interesting half an hour show. I don't know. Ballers, maybe that's in the, <laughs> ballers. I yeah, I probably. Know. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, Barry season two. I have not watched it yet. Paul, don't hate me, dude. You fucking piece of I'm shit. I'm sorry, man. Oh, man. I know. It's, it's so good. <laughs> dude, I love season one. It was fantastic. Oh, it fucking, it ups the ante and, uh, of course, Bill Hader is great, but uh, I believe it's Anthony Cardigan, uh-huh. the guy that's in charge of the mob now. Um, 
he's I think he was nominated for best supporting actor. Was that the guy? And he's going to be in the new Bill and Ted movie, the bald guy. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, he was, uh, Victor Zaz in the Gotham series. Yeah. He runs away with like, if anyone can steal the show from Bill Hader, it's fucking him. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, that's, uh, I plan on, there's two shows that I plan on binging here within the next month, month and a half. And uh, Barry, I'm going to be watching that second season. And then I'm definitely going to be watching the, the the two seasons of Fleabag. Um, oh, for those of you that are Fleabag fans, there's going to be a one-night Fathom event on November 18th. So write down that date. And it's going to be uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge doing a one-night live performance of Fleabag, kind of like a play or something like that. I don't wow. know. Look it up. It's uh, fathomevents.com. And go to November 18th, and they have a Phoebe Waller-Bridge event i'm you know going to uh I, I just wanted to tell everybody just in case you're a big phoebe waller bridge fan so there you go i am good for that That's awesome i hit a bird a bird is dead at my hands still the, the sound yeah. bite is i'd rather watch mighty ducks and hit a hockey player <laughs> <laughs> that was the sound bite there oh man i saw zombie land double tap Oh yeah, okay. yeah! I loved it. Tupperware, so I'm gonna nice. say, nice, loved it. Nice, thought it was fantastic. Had a great time with it, and I loved the new character of uh, Madison. Madison fucking slayed me. She was so funny. Um, loved it. I loved it. So, you like it? Did you like it more than the last one? Oh man, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. There's there's scenes that I did like more in this one than I did like in the first one. It's hard to kind of like stack the two up against one another. I still would say that I like the first one more, but uh the addition of Madison was was great. Um I liked uh uh the uh one of my favorite scenes was uh Thomas Middleditch uh was kind of like the doppelganger of uh Jesse Eisenberg's Columbus character and there's a scene where they are comparing each other's um you've got Columbus who has his rules and then you have uh, Thomas Middleditch who plays Flagstaff he has his commandments and there's a whole scene of them bouncing back and forth between the order of their commandments and rules and like kind of like uh, you know uh, Columbus would be like you know my my number two rule is this and then Thomas Middleditch would be like, oh, that's actually number 17 on my commandments list, but I call it this. And it goes back and forth for a while. And it's a, it's really cool. I could watch fucking 30 minutes of those two go back and forth. That was so fucking good. Um, Rosario Dawson's great in this. Uh, there's a scene with monster trucks and zombies that is like worth the price of admission alone. Like when you think about zombie trucks – uh, monster trucks and zombies, like it's it's exactly what you want to see. Um, I highly recommend this one. It was a, it was a <laughs> blast, and the third act is just the way that the third act action set piece is set up is so cool. There's a place that they go to called Babylon, and um, that's where everything the climax, the everything 
Um, I, I I hope we get a Zombie Land three. It, it really teases a Zombie Land three, and I really hope we get it. Um, I did want to talk real quick about Jay and Silent Bob reboot. I saw this as a Fathom event. Real quick, um, I loved it. Oh my god! But you've got to. Here's the, I'm going to put an asterisk next to my Tupperware. It's a Tupperware. I'm going to put an asterisk next to it. You have to be a huge Kevin Smith fan. And that, that, that means you also have to, um, watch, uh, excuse me, listen to a lot of his podcasts as well. I think in there's order- a lot of nudges and winks to all that yes, stuff. Yes. And he knows that in this movie. And that's why he released it the way that he did. He released it as a fathom event. And then now he's doing the Jane Silent Bob reboot tour where they go to different cities and they intro the movie. And then at the end of it, they do a Q and a, he's setting this up for fans of Kevin Smith and, and the view askew universe. Um, and I fucking loved it. Everything about this movie had me rolling. There's a lot of inside jokes uh, that only huge Kevin Smith fans are gonna get. You're you're not gonna get them if it, some you know, like for some people like casual fans, you're gonna get some of it. But on the flip side, there are like you know like you get there are gonna be some jokes that you're not gonna get. You're not gonna get unless you have been listening to the podcasts. Um, it does have one of the funniest jokes I've heard all year in any movie when he does this Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross joke. Oh my, and everybody's going to get it. It is, Jake, it is fucking hilarious. I was fucking rolling. It's a scene with Chris Jericho who makes a cameo in the movie. And it is, I don't want to spoil it because it is that funny, but if you've seen Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, you're gonna, oh my god, I was fucking dying during this scene. One of the funniest things I've seen all year. So. Yeah, that's funny. I actually saw these two recently on the uh, AEW program with Chris, you know, there to see Chris Jericho, mm-hmm. so I didn't realize that was a tie-in to the movie appearance. Well, Chris Jericho is also, you know, he does his own podcast and everything. I, I think, I don't know if that's how they met, if Jericho had him on recently or, or, or whatever, but. It was, uh, I loved this movie. Ben Affleck is fucking hilarious. He la- like he, he, he leans into the fact that he was Batman and he's not Batman anymore. Uh, he reprises his role as Holden McNeil from Chasing Amy and, um, he kind of leans into the joke that he's not Batman anymore and it's, it's very funny. It's very fucking funny. I, I loved it. Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Tupperware. Fucking. What are they doing? VOD in this thing after their limited release? Is that the plan? I probably want to go to uh, a streaming service. I don't think that they've worked out a deal, though. Um, You know, I know that uh, Yoga Hosers went to to Netflix. Um, So we'll see what happens if this goes to like Amazon Prime or or something like that. It was a two day Fathom event. I saw it on the first night, and now they're touring for I think. 60 days or around that. Uh, but uh, after that, who knows where it's going to go. It might go to a streaming service. It, it might go to VOD. I don't know. We'll see. Huh, yeah, I feel like that would be the way for them to rake in the most money, honestly. I think they'd get enough rentals and purchases from this thing to outweigh whatever kind of bid they could get from any of the, the streaming services going right now. But uh, I don't know. 
I don't know about that, man. I think that like Amazon or Netflix would pay good money for this, man. They wouldn't have then they wouldn't have to worry about like who's going to be renting it. I feel like a lot of the people that want to see this movie either went to the Fathom event or or might do like the tour. But the tour the tickets range from anywhere from like I guess 35 bucks up to maybe 50 or something like that. So it all depends. I don't know. That's it's interesting. I don't know. Um but uh yeah, yoga hosers went straight to Netflix. I, I yeah, I did not know that. I've still not seen that movie. It's not good. Yeah, yeah. I people I you've said that and if you're telling me a Kevin Smith movie isn't good then Yeah. It's gotta be bad. Uh I'm just gonna talk uh, two more things I guess, and then I'll I'll pass it off to one of you guys if you have anything more. But um I saw In the Shadow of the Moon on Netflix. This is um Boyd Holbrook is in this one. I I loved him in um, Logan. I thought he was great in Logan. But who, uh, who is he in Logan? He was the the one of the um, one of the villains. He was the the uh, one of the main villains that was uh, trying to kill him. That was uh, oh god. He had like the metal in like the metal arm, I believe. The blonde, okay. the blonde. I, I believe I know. The blonde guy. I don't know. Paul, help me. Paul ain't helping. Paul I know out. he's in. Uh, I know he's in the Predator. He's in the Predator. He's in. The, yeah, but like Jake hasn't seen that one. I don't think. Yeah, I. I That's the newest was, one. Yeah, well, oh, he just, was in. Uh, he was in that fucking uh, Pablo Escobar TV show. Oh, Narcos. Netflix, yes, yes. I haven't he was seen the main guy in Narcos. Yeah, I haven't watched Narcos either. Okay, that's all I got. So helped. No, helping. you helped. You helped. But no, you that, that was a little bit of help, Paul. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. The helpful Paul is what I'm going to start calling you. Oh, Paul the helpful, I like too. Yeah, hamburger. <laughs> hamburger helper. Ham Paulger. Ham, <laughs> ham Paulger helper is what I'm going to call you. <laughs> oh, man. I like the effort, but oh my that's kind of going to be hard to roll off the tongue real quick right you know what if like what if like the hamburger helper hand was like in your kitchen and like he's like hey you know i'm gonna make i'm gonna make uh dinner easy tonight mom don't worry about it and then like you fucking come home after a long hard day at work and fucking hamburger helper is like fucking flicking her bean in the bedroom jesus <laughs> christ <laughs> wouldn't that be fucked up <laughs> reaction was everything there. Uh, wouldn't that be? <laughs> wow! No, like, like, like one moment, like it's, it's like, it's like, it's all, it's all fun. Like you know, you're browning some beef and like add some seasoning, and and the next thing you know, it's like you come home from a long hard day's work. You know, you worked your fucking nine to five. Fucking traffic was a bitch. You come home and you're like, you, you're like, what the fuck? Oh, everything smells great, honey. And then like, it, it went from hamburger helper to like, you go to the bedroom. It's tuna helper. Oh, <laughs> helper. Yeah. Oh, I feel like at that stage, it's your own <laughs> fault. Like if you've gone this far down the, I'm going to be cool with this, like living hand making food for me. Well, like you kind of deserve what you get, right? You know, it's, it's kind of one of those things. You're, so you're saying like the man isn't doing his job because he's got fucking Mickey, <laughs> he's got like Mickey Mouse's hand fucking you know flicking your wife's clit Jesus. in the bedroom. Yeah, just the, the whole thing should like 
if part one didn't already have you like putting an end to this, then I'm not feeling so bad that you let it get to part two is all I'm saying. Doesn't that See, seem in like, my mind yeah. went to where like you come home and this hand is helping you make it and you want to add some like Italian seasoning and this fucking hand is just slapping the shit out of you like you're straying from the box directions. Wasn't expecting flicking the bean of your wife. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you, you scarred Paul. <laughs> I feel just like the fucking hand just going to town. Jesus. Oh my God. Or like, what if, like, like, what if you fucking like, even let's say the wife comes home and like, it's one of those commercials where like, even, even dumb dad can cook now cause it's hamburger helper. But that, that thing's fucking jacking him off. <laughs> you know? a whole new mean to be stroking off. <laughs> Daddy's stroking off. Daddy's stroking off. Stroking off. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, take a look at my fucking Swedish meatballs here. Oh, Oh my god. Every time I come on we find a way to have a mom masturbating. First it was the fun nuggets, now oh, it's yeah. the fucking uh, masturbating hand from hamburger helper. Dude, you there's gotta something about you, Paul. There's, there's something about, about you Paul. bring it out. Something about you, Paul. Man, it's crazy. I don't know. <laughs> I I just think like I think like that's where it would lead to though. Like there's this like, yeah, you've made dinner, but you know, like, I think eventually it leads to the bedroom and you got this white glove fucking, <laughs> you know. The mom does the, the glove or... have to wear a glove? I, yes. Does the glove have to wear a glove? What are you talking about? The hand has to wear a glove, I feel like. Otherwise, it's... I don't know what's under that hand. I don't know what's under <laughs> that glove. That's what I'm asking. Does it, or it's, does it's, it, yeah, does it wear protection on top of the way we already know it? No, does, no, no, does no, no. Does more no. layers come off? No. No, it's just that glove. That glove is okay. just like, yeah, it's, there's no, there's no added, like, it, there's no kind of like hand condom that he f- slaps on that. <laughs> like, like a Jake, latex glove. Well, when you finger a chick, do you fucking put some, like, do you fucking wrap, do you put on latex gloves? <laughs> it's true. True story. Like, well, as the husband, you know it's a bad sign when you come in, you see like the fucking doctor gloves on the counter, like, oh shit. Like it's using protection though. <laughs> oh man! Uh, you come home and it smells so good. You got the hamburger, bur- hamburger helper seasoning in the air. <laughs> I think I'd forgive him. I mean, if he's making me hamburger helper, then he deserves. To be Fuck that, too. dude! That's a fucking. That's like it's like a three dollar fucking hand. box, dude. It doesn't even come with the beef, man. Oh, Fuck that! The garbage disposal. You better be, dude. That better be filet. That better be a fucking Kobe beef. I don't know. If you're going to finger my wife while I'm at work, (laughs) it better be fucking Kobe beef. (laughs) Fucking, that's like a, that's fucking like $3 box, man. That's bullshit. I'm sure it's a long-term deal that they have worked out. I can cry in the background. Is it grass-fed beef? No. Damn can you, it. Dude, that'd be fucked up. I wouldn't be able to go to, like, a grocery store ever again and walk down the aisle with... I would start swinging. Dude, oh, yeah, fuck no, yeah, no. dude. I bet all those mascots are perverts of some kind. Like the Keebler elves? Get out of here. Especially Tony the Tiger. What do you think Keebler yeah. elves are doing? 
Chester Cheetah. I mean, his name is fucking Chester. Oh, d- yeah. It rhymes yeah. with rhymes with molester is what you're getting at. What do you think? The Ke- well, hold on. What do you what do you think? What do you think the Keebler elves are doing, dude? <laughs> oh, Anal leakage shit. Yeah, that that cookie magic doesn't come for free. Dude. Are you that, thinking? Okay, are you thinking that the Keebler elves are doing some like Gullivore's travel shit where they tie you mm-hmm. down, but like now they're all fucking like I am the captain now, and they're fucking like they're like fucking like they got you tied down. They're doing some dominatrix shit to you. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> just whipping you. <laughs> they're like I'm gonna make your. <laughs> you know, speaking of El Fudge, I'm gonna make something fudge here in a second. You got anal leakage when they're. You know, I don't know, dude. I don't know where I'm. Yeah, going with the this. ass is the new treehouse. Mm. I don't know where I'm going with all this. <laughs> I saw. I saw in the shadow of the moon on Netflix. <laughs> Check it out. That's all I got. And so I'm not going to get into it. It's uh Yeah, it's uh, it's a movie with Boyd Holbrook and uh it's uh I'll give it a taste it. I I liked it. It's a 1988 Philadelphia police officer Thomas Lockhart becomes uh hungry to become a detective begins tracking a serial killer who mysteriously resurfaces every 9 years. Uh, but when the killer's crimes begin to defy all scientific ex- explanation, uh, Locke's obsession with finding the truth threatens to destroy his career, his family, and possibly his sanity. It's directed by Jim Mickle. He um, directed Cold in July, uh, We Are What We Are. These are two movies I've never seen. He's also directed uh, episodes of Happ and Leonard, if you were a fan of that show. But um, this stars uh, Boyd Holbrook, uh, Cleopatra Coleman. She was... Uh, uh, on the show The Last Man on Earth, which I loved. Bakeem Woodbine's in this. Michael C. Hall from Dexter's in this. And Rachel Keller from uh, Legion is in this. Uh, so if you, and Bokeem Woodbine also from Fargo and Rachel Keller was also in Fargo. So if you're a fan of those, I, I would watch this. I, 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 I did like it. I'm glad that I did watch it. Um, I'm, I, I guess I'm kind of even teetering on a high taste. Every nine years, the serial killer comes back there's a huge kind of like mystery behind this so it starts off in 1988 then we're in um 1997 yeah it's every nine years and it goes all the way up until i think like was it 2017 or whatever the fuck but um i i would i I, i'll give this one a taste at the high taste that um yeah i'm kind of teetering i would watch it i i thought it was good it's called in the shadow of the moon it's on netflix give it a shot I saw the banana split. It's a movie. It's a movie on Netflix. I saw the banana splits movie. You can watch it on sci-fi. It's fucking, it's stupid. Uh, I saw the first episode of Daybreak. I'm trying to just burn through this. Did you guys see? You didn't, you didn't like the banana splits movie? Let's go, go back to that. Yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah, it was, it was just dumb. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, what else are you going to do with the banana splits? It's a real fucking, it was a real show in the 60s, 70s, and, um, they turned him into killers in this one. And it was, yeah. I just thought it was stupid. Yeah, it was, yeah. It looked like it was cheesy, but it at least maybe knew it was cheesy. And so yeah. it kind of be over the top, gore yeah. stupid. I just didn't like it. Um, yeah. Did you guys see Daybreak or have you heard about Daybreak on Netflix? I have heard about it, yes. Yeah, it's a yeah. zombie thing. Zombie thing. I don't know. I don't like it. I know people are loving it. I don't like it. I watched the first episode. What's what's odd about this one is I want to go back to it though. 
it's supposed to be funny, right? Yeah, I didn't really laugh. Did you did you watch any of this? No, no. I definitely have heard about it though. Yeah. I don't know. I, I wasn't a big fan. I don't yeah, know. I, I guess it's really controversial for how the season ends, but I don't I don't really know anything beyond that. It's weird because like for as much as I didn't like the first episode, I kind of want to get back to it and watch the second episode. I don't know what it's trying to do or what it's trying to be. I don't I it, it feels like it's part it's part Zombieland meets um Scott Pilgrim meets Ferris Bueller because of course Matthew Broderick's in it and the character's talking to you as if he is, you know, doing like the Ferris Bueller kind of like I'm talking to the audience right now and breaking the fourth wall shit. It's 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 a it's a weird show, but I can't relate to the main character. I don't think he's cool, and it's not like he has to be cool. It's just I just I don't know. I'm not digging this show, and I know a lot of people are. So I daybreak, yeah, whatever. It's zombies and shit. So whatever, zombies and shit. Yeah, mostly shit. Hamburger Helper, fucking, you know, how does it, how does it make you feel though? Is that like the most emasculating thing ever coming home to that fucking bullshit? I mean, it seems like a big hand, like one of those fingers seems pretty big, but it's a, it's a perspective. Girthy at least. Yeah. It's girthy, but on the flip side, it's a fucking cartoon hand and it's going to town on your wife. Yeah, I, I'm not. Saying it's like coming mad. home, and it's like demasculated. I mean, what hope do you have? You come home, and like fucking Mickey Mouse's glove is going to the town, and your wife. And what the, the fuck? Yeah, you're just like, what have I done to lead to this point? Right. I feel like Mickey Mouse's glove is smaller, though, like way smaller. Wasn't the Hamburger Helper fucking? Weren't some of those commercials like really racist in like the eighties? Like, didn't they have one that was like? <laughs> He now he's wearing a sombrero because it's Mexican food. You Mexican know? helper. Mexican I helper. Think he was dressed up like Italian. He, too yeah, Lasagna. he was. He was on a gondola, wasn't he? And he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah I'm here to help her make your uh, your your hamburger." <laughs> <laughs> he's like Mario. I'm a, yeah, I'm a hamburger helper. I'm a here to finger your wife when you are at the work. Uh, Right? You know, wasn't that? Okay. That didn't happen. Oh, they had Asian helper? Oh, Oh, shut the fuck up, Jake. They did not. Did they? Yeah, they did. Are you looking this shit up? Yeah, I'm looking it up. Oh, my God. What else did they have? Uh, Those are the only two I've seen is the Mexican and the Asian. Is it extremely racist? (laughs) Yeah, it is extremely racist. Oh, my God. (laughs) I mean, you can guess what the meals are. It's chicken fried rice is the Asian helper and... Oh That's my crazy. gosh. That's terrible. That's terrible. That's fucking. And he, and he he's was. A regular, he's a regular Bugs Bunny, that hand. And then you now come, I don't want anything him. I don't want him flicking my wife's bean anymore. I know. It's like. It's like. And then you got. <laughs> I didn't realize he was a racist. Every time you were okay with it at one Every point. time no, you. Oh no. <laughs> he drew the line, Paul. <laughs> every time you look at your wife. You're thinking to yourself, he was inside of her. That racist hand. That racist fucking hand. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm with you now. This is some bullshit. Some fucking bullshit, <laughs> man. Bullshit. I'm not. I don't, I'm not even Kobe beef at this point. Uh uh-uh, uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No, it's fucked no. up. I'm fucked up. Fucking hamburger helper. <laughs> yeah, help yourself to my wife, right? That's. A- <laughs> I still think a few of those are pretty good. Oh my god! But you could like that's something that you could use against her for years. You know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. You're definitely getting pictures of that. Like that's one of those things where it's like you know why isn't the garage clean? Oh, as clean as your fucking vagina was when you had that hamburger helper fucking glove going down in your fucking JJ. <laughs> <laughs> that clean? Your kids need so much therapy after all those <laughs> arguments. Yeah, especially the kid that looks like a hand. <laughs> 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 she gives birth to a fucking hand. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that works, but it happens. And it's the Italian. It it, it's the Italian one. <laughs> <laughs> Full mustache. God damn it. <laughs> Are you saying you're not my father? <laughs> but it's do, it's doing that like that one hand motion from the Godfather. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, the capiche motion. The capiche, yeah. <laughs> what you saying? You don't have to buy your father. Oh my god! What's the matter, you? What's the matter, what's the matter you? <laughs> Forget about it. <laughs> To have a penne pasta. No. Come, come home and he's watching the Sopranos again. <laughs> oh man, illegitimate, illegitimate hand son. That's great. That's, uh, all right. Uh, do you guys have anything left for good pop, bad pop? Oh shit, I do, but yeah. I need to put my glasses back on, I guess. <laughs> I can do a quick rapid fire. Real Go for quick it. If, Go for it, Paul. Uh, I was actually able to watch quite a few shows. I watched a Kirsten Dunst uh, on Becoming a God. Yeah! Oh man. Yes! I was able to binge that whole fucking thing. What a. What a wacky, wonderful fucking show that gets a Tupperware. It's uh, called uh, it's called On Becoming a God in Central Florida. This is a Showtime series, and Paul is not wrong. This is fan fucking tastic. Kristen Dunst is amazing in this show, and I forgot how amazing she was in Fargo season two. But I'll be honest yeah. with you, like this, she's so good in this. She is, and the other guy, the dude that kind of becomes like her upper line, he's fucking great in that too, but yeah. fucking Buffalo Bill from Science of the Lambs is kind of like the leader of this whole pyramid scheme. He just, he runs away with the whole thing. Uh, I was able to finish the Righteous Gemstones. Yes, me too, man. Nine episode first season. Oh my God, that just got, I at first I wasn't like, they kind of switched the time, like, you know, like the running length. Like, at first, one was an hour, then 30 minutes. But I just, I fell in love with that. Uh, I've been hit or miss with Danny McBride on quite a few things. I loved him in the Fitfuss way. Yes, I love that movie, dude. When he's pissing on that one guy, I fucking die every time. Yeah. And Eastbound and Down was hit or miss with me. Vice Principals was the same. But this, he really found his footing and... 
the guy from Workaholics was great. John Goodman was great. Walton Goggins. And the way it ended, I just I needed more right away. Nine episodes was perfect for this uh, season. That That's also a Tupperware. Um, we had like the Milwaukee Film Festival, and I saw this movie called The Mountain with Jeff Goldblum and Ty Sheridan. Oh, wow. Who is, uh, he's a new Cyclops. Yeah, he's he was Cyclops. A player one. He was in Mud, yeah. I think. Mud, and yeah. uh, he's in another Matthew Connie movie. I want to say Bones? I don't, I don't fucking know. But uh, it got off to kind of a weird start because they actually had the director, uh, Rick Alverson, come in and talk to us. And he pretty much got up there and he was like, yeah, this movie came out in 2018. I've been on every film festival award circuit. I've answered enough questions. If you have any questions, just go on YouTube and watch it. And just walked off the stage. We're like, oh, okay, great. Uh, I give it a low taste it. Uh, What it is is it's the story of a young man who, after losing his mother, goes to work with a doctor specializing in lobotomies and therapies. It takes place in, like, the 60s. Jeff Goldblum is the doctor. Ty Sheridan is kind of his apprentice. The cinematography is amazing. The visuals are awesome. But the story just got kind of boring and weird at points. So it's it's definitely a low taste. It um, you brought you brought Thomas Middleditch. Uh, I love that guy. He's in a show called Silicon Valley on HBO, and that just came back for its sixth season. This is the final season too. Yeah, the final season it is firing on all cylinders. Him and Martin Starr from uh, Spider Man Homecoming and Far From Home, and that uh, catering show Freaks and Geeks, and the catering show Party On. With Adam Scott and Lizzie Catman, uh, it's it's still doing what it does. It's it, it's amazing. And finally, uh, was able to uh, watch the f- the first part of the final season of BoJack Horseman. Ah, oh, Jesus, yeah, the final part's going to be in January, January thirty first. And dude, it is maybe a shiny new toy syndrome. This is the best season they've put out. Wow, high praise, like. Yeah. Like they take they take little shit from the first season, kind of a throwaway gag, and they bring it back to like the forefront in this season. Where like like as soon as you get done, you're like, I need to rewatch the whole series. Wow, to kind of catch this shit. Like they bring back past characters. I mean, I'm not giving anything away. The last episode. It doesn't feature any major characters from the season for, from the series at all, and the cliffhanger it leaves on. You wish it was January thirty first right now. Wow! Like, this is sh- wow! Yeah, yeah. This is a show that's firing on all cylinders. It doesn't. It, it's got the comedy. It's got the puns, but it's got like that deepness in it. And you're just yeah. like, I need to know what the fuck's going to happen next because I think they actually have nine episodes left and you're just left wondering like how the fuck is this going to play out yeah it's it's crazy like people like if you just look at the animation you're just like this show is going to be stupid it's anthropomorphic animals and stuff like this is one of the deepest shows i've ever seen and it tackles depression alcoholism addiction uh uh, i think like uh uh, sexual addiction It, it tackles it better than I'd say most dramas do. It's oh, crazy. It, it's it, it's ridiculous, and we get more. I mean, with the way the fifth season ended, where you know where BoJack is, they get deep into that. 
Um, we have a great storyline with Mr. Peanut Butter. Just saying this shit, it sounds goofy. It sounds as hell, silly. It's, it, it's, it, I'm telling you, this is, this is one of the best animated shows I've ever seen. It's so oh, amazing. I, it's so incredible. I, I co-sign that, but yeah, just where they leave you. I mean, these, uh, eight episodes, it feels like 20 minutes because these are characters you've grown to love and to also hate a little bit, but you're just so invested at mm-hmm. this point. And where they take you on this season. And like I said, that final episode, when it ends, I can't wait to hear what you think. Because you're just like, what the fuck is going to happen next? Yeah, I will be doing a BoJack Horseman watch here shortly. Did you watch Undone? Did you Have you started Undone on Amazon Prime? No, I've 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 heard all about that. I need to... Yeah, it's from the... I need to get into that. It's from the BoJack Horseman creator. Well, and I'm I'm a little pissed because I really wanted to get into Luca and Birdie. Yeah, and it got canceled after the first season. And there's a part of me that, like, I really want to watch it because I know I love BoJack. Yeah. But I also kind of don't want to start this because I know there's Just no future season. to it. Yeah, it's like, why? I, I get it. I get that completely. Yeah. Yeah, but, but definitely. I also saw Joker. I give that a high taste it. Really? Why? Uh, see, I went with Tupperware. What was yeah, that? there was just some like little stupid things, I guess that kind of that kind of held me down. I mean, but I really enjoyed the I enjoyed the movie. What it, I guess I'm kind of against the majority in this. What it did for mental illness, I think, is a huge step forward in a conversation that should be had about how we treat it and and how we handle it, like with the whole therapist and not having enough funding. It's something that happens. Yeah. And and all of that, so I thought that part was great. But like, I guess I'm kind of echoing some people that like it's like this almost could have been a movie that had nothing to do with the Joker. This could have just been a great movie just dealing with a person's descent into madness. Yeah, but would that have brought the people to the theaters to watch this movie? No, and and I, you're right, it wouldn't have. And I mean, you know me, I'm one of the biggest Batman geeks out there i love the whole not knowing the origin of the joker and kind of getting into his past kind of and i know this is a like a an elseworlds movie but still yeah. like you like to at least for me i kind of like to maintain that mystery with what like i just like to accept the fact that here's just somebody that just likes madness and chaos i don't need to know why he does what he does yeah I that's, get, I, that's part of the mystery for that character for me i get that but like I, I i do get that but i don't know just walking out of that movie i was just like that was i just thought it was really really good so no i get it i get it yeah no it was it was definitely a fun time i i definitely enjoyed it but just that little i don't know Maybe because I'm just so invested into the whole universe and it's hard to, even though they say this uh, else worlds, it's just hard to separate from that. But yeah, that's pretty much all I got for everything I've seen. Jake, what else? You got one more thing real quick you want to bring up? Yeah, I wanted to, um, I did catch the pilot episode of HBO's new Watchmen series. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, Yeah, me too. This is the Damon Lindelof helmed kind of adaptation of the classic Alan Moore, Dave Givens, DC comic book series. Um, yeah, uh, Lindelof has said that this is basically kind of a remix of the original limited series, but also a sequel 
taking place 34 years after the events of the DC limited series, but in the same alternate reality. So that's a little bit heady. I I know, but I mean, I I thought this was, um, this was really good. This had, um, Regina King in it. Um, Don Johnson, Jeremy Irons, Louis Gossett Jr., Sarah Vickers, um, Tim Blake Nelson, pretty, pretty big ensemble cast. And, yeah, I, I actually really liked this quite a lot. Um, it kind of centered on a lot of racial tensions going on in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which I, I really didn't know was going to be the gist of this before coming in, like that that was kind of the spin on it they were going to give. And Did you know that I, that's based on a real event in history? Oh, yeah, yeah, I 100% knew that. I had uh, no clue going into this that that was a – that that happened because it's something that was not, I think it was not even like it was not recognized by the state of Oklahoma as something that happened. And they did not even acknowledge it until I think sometime in the two thousands. Um, so yeah, I, I saw like a history channel special on this, like a while back, you know, yeah, I had and, never even heard about this before. Yeah, it makes it even more harrowing when you realize it's like this is what really happened. I mean, obviously, it's fictionalized, like seeing this close up into like how the pe- the people reacted. But wow, you know, it yeah, it really kind of shakes you up. Like the whole first twenty minutes of this really, really just kind of shakes you up and kind of gives you a feel for the tones they're going for here. And I, I think the Watchmen universe is an, a very interesting universe to tell this story. Um, and I. I thought this show felt pretty – I thought – I was worried that this show wouldn't be accessible to people that weren't insanely lured into the property and material. And my fears were kind of gone from that. I, I think it works on both levels. I think there's a ton of stuff to pick out if you're like an uber nerd for the source material. But I, I also think someone that hasn't even read the original comic book has – has a lot to gain and enjoy here. I thought the way it slowly kind of doled out information throughout the pilot episode was really well done. And yeah, I can't, I can't wait to watch more of this. I I think I'm leaning towards waiting until the whole thing is done though. And watching all nine episodes. Oh, I'm going to be watching this week to week because this is, uh, well, I haven't watched the second episode, but, um, I, I think I'm gonna I, I'm gonna watch that shortly. I think this is gonna be a week to week thing. Um, I feel like that was the way that I really enjoyed watching uh, the leftovers. Um, that's the way that I enjoyed watching Westworld, and um, I think like I think like in between, uh, I want to you know. I, Kind of, yeah, kind of speculate as to where this could go. Like even from the first episode, I'm thinking to myself, like once we, once it started raining baby squid, I was thinking, is this something that happens now periodically post since like you know the events of the Watchmen, the Dr. Manhattan stuff. The well, no, it was. It was Osmandus who did that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Osmandus that created that. That In the novel, he creates like this um, creature that's kind of like a, a squid-like character to do the, this natural disaster and to start just, like, you know, killing millions of people. And um, I'm thinking to myself, like, is this, like, 
something that happens now because of the events of that? Or is this like the government trying to remind people, is the government doing this? Like trying to remind people of like why we should all work together now, because if they don't, you know, like we should, it's just a reminder from the government or is the government doing this now? So I don't know. It was an interesting, I don't know, just a very interesting show. And I think Lindelof's killing it. So, yeah, you've kind of talked me into the week to week thing, honestly, because that, that is kind of the Lindelof style. I mean, even from lost and that's, that's kind of the fun of it all. And I think Lindelof does know how to pace television like that. Yeah. Really well to where, you know, you get an hour's worth of TV, but it, it always has that like thing that happens at the end of each episode that really hooks you into wanting to watch the next one. I was fucking shocked that the Don Johnson reveal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Me too. Me too. Oh, what do you think? I, I, I'm going to give it a Tupperware. I loved it. I thought Regina King is great, and I, <sighs> oh, I fucking loved it. What do you think, Paul? Yeah. Okay. Well, the first episode, and you know, there was so much talk going into it of how this isn't a continuation of the Scotts or of the Zack Snyder movie and all that. And when I got done with the first episode, I felt like God is. It definitely said it wasn't like it, but it sure felt like it was trying to be with like different music and. The stylistics. So it's fucking the, the, all the music is from Trent Reznor, yeah, and his collaborator that they did. Um, Trent Reznor, like the Facebook movie, the social, the social network. network. It's yeah, yeah it's yeah. yeah, it's it's all Trent Reznor, and it's great. So I guess I was just like, oh, this is like it, it, for something that says it's not trying to be like that movie. It, it felt like it, so I was a little jaded. I almost was going to go with a toss up for the first episode, and then I waited for the second episode to come out and. There is a huge fucking twist that revolves around Don Johnson's character in the second episode where I was just like had to go back, rewatch the first one. And I'm totally I'm going to be on the same boat as you with trying to catch it every Sunday. Yeah, because I just fell in love with and Jeremy Irons like the shit they with how mysterious. But yet you think, you know who he is without them saying it and just the kind of shit they have him do, especially in the second episode, I just need to catch it every, I just thought like everybody every knew that he was Osmandis, <laughs> like, right. Yeah. But there is some shit in the set. Like the second episode really, it, I feel like it definitely tries to be like, this is what you know about some of these established characters, but we're going to kind of toss that on its head and you really don't know what the fuck's happening. Okay. And, <laughs> And just like the little like A and E story in the background, like the you you know like the realities uh, show about like who the Watchmen really were, that kind of comes full front in the second episode. It's just it really got me back on the train because I don't know why I was so against yeah, the first I, episode. That's crazy. I love that first episode. Yeah, I, me too. And I haven't. Yeah. I haven't. Here's the thing. I haven't watched the second episode because number one, I was on vacation. Number two, I've been trying to like catch up on other things for the show, like all the you know, like the release of Apple Plus, and I mean, there's just so much. But like. I think like Terminator this week, Terminator, like, but you know, I'm definitely going to be jumping back on, on Watchmen. This is, uh, I, yeah, that's, that's surprising to me, Paul, but like, I get it. There's been times where I've watched something the first time and I'm like, you know what, that I didn't like it. And then I'll give it another shot 
and I'll watch it again and I'll be like, what, where was my state of mind? Well, when exactly. I did not yeah. like that, because I'll be, here's two, here's two examples and you're going to, you're going to be blown away by both. And I've revealed these on the show before, so it's nothing new. The first one is the crow. When I first saw the crow, I didn't like it. Right. Isn't that crazy? That's uh-huh. nuts. The crow is amazing. I didn't like the crow. Number two, Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. I didn't like it the first time I saw it. Oh, yeah, that is wild. Oh, I thought you were going to go with Inglorious Bastards. Oh, Inglorious Bastards. Well, that's a newer one because I, like, it had been a decade since I had watched that. Yeah, that's another great point, Paul. Like, I didn't like Inglorious Bastards the first time I saw it. Waited a decade to watch it for the second time. Loved it. Loved it. Yeah, it's it's fucking amazing. It's weird. But, like, yeah. But I guess for me, like, I just rewatched Watchmen, um, the movie, and that's one of my all-time favorite comic book movies because I just love the way you know Zack Snyder yeah. kind of came into his own on that, just his whole style and everything worked. And maybe I got too caught up in the hyperbole of like this isn't going to be like the movie, this is not going to be like the comic, it's going to be its own thing. But like a lot of that first episode felt. Like it was almost a cheap imitation of that movie to me, especially with like the blood dripping on the badge at the end and yeah. all this shit. But yeah, yeah. And I, I definitely did. I did not want to watch the second episode, but I'm like, I, I should give it a try. And I was fucking blown away by it. And then I rewatched the first one. I had a lot more appreciation. Like, okay, I get what they're saying. It's trying to be different. It definitely is. And. I'm just going to go with it. If anything, this is a direct adaptation to not direct adaptation, excuse me, because it's not, it's not from Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons, but it's, it's trying to be a, a, a direct kind of like sequel, spiritual sequel to the book more than it is the Zack Snyder stuff. The Zack Snyder stuff is not a part of this. Yeah, yeah no. I don't think Lindelof holds anything to that. Well, no. when you see it raining baby squid, you know that it has nothing to do with the Zack Snyder film. Because Zack Snyder cut that out of the movie and instead made, you know, Dr. Do you think that's an explicit bomb. meta nod, them even including that right away in the first episode? Uh, yeah. I don't... I I think that it's right there. Like that tells you, like this has nothing to do with the Zack Snyder film. Like if you yeah. if you, if you know your Watchmen, yeah, right. Yeah, you I mean, know that that was something that was omitted. That caused a yeah. huge stir among people, among fans. I honestly like. For me, I I like what Zack Snyder did because, like, when you think about like the giant squid alien monster at the end of the book, like. It doesn't seem like it would work cinematically. So, no, especially in the thematics and universe yeah. that he created. And far be it for me to be a huge Zack Snyder defender, but but I, I I do agree with that point as well. Like Watchmen is not my favorite movie, but it has nothing to do with like what was or wasn't included in like kind of from the comic book kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like I I do agree that within the thematics that he created, that would have came off as stupid. Yeah. I I love yeah. I still love that fucking Zack Snyder movie. I think it's yeah. Good. I've never seen. Oh, I, I've heard I would appreciate it more if I watched the um, 
the longer version. The director's cut. The director's cut. Yeah. 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 That's the, that's the version that I always watch when I do watch it because it does include the, the Black Freighter comic book. So like, it, like mixed in with the actual, um, the movie, you do have like, just like in the comic book, you have the, uh, the kid that's, yeah, you have the kid that's at the, at the, uh, newsstand who's reading the comic book every day. And they have the animated Black Freighter story being played out, uh, in the movie, which is, which is really cool. And, uh, that's my, that's the preferable way. I got like the four disc Blu-ray director's cut or whatever it was. And, uh, that's like the preferred way for me to watch it. I love it. So. Yeah, I would. I would be down to revisit it someday. It's on Amazon I Prime, was... I think. I think the director's cut is on Amazon Prime. It's also on. It's also on DC Universe. If oh, you're right. I think it is only available on DC Universe now. I think you're right. Yeah, the director's cut. Yeah, the director's cut is on. Just definitely on DC Universe because I watched that to get prepared. For the series, which may have been a detriment. Yeah, I think you want to. My you, initial, uh, yeah, if my you want initial viewing. If you want to get prepared for the series, I would just like what Jake said is like I don't even think you have to read the novel, but it does. For me, there's things like, of course, like the squid. That kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 It adds a few aha sure. moments, but I sure. don't think it takes away from the emotion and drama of what's happening. No, if anything, I think this will sell a few more Watchmen um, oh. novels. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. definitely. And oh, here's second a, episode. Oh, hold on. Hold on, Paul. Oh, oh, yep, absolutely. Ro- hold on. Before you get all nerdy with me and be like, now, Watchmen is not a graphic novel. It was originally sold in individual comic books, which I believe went 12 comic book issues. I get it. I know it's not a graphic novel. I know it's I know it's fucking nine or 12 books or whatever that they put together, and now everybody thinks it's a graphic novel. So don't get all nerdy with me on that shit. I know they were released. <laughs> I wasn't going there, but no, there you no, go. no, not you. I'm talking to our listeners. There's, oh, yeah. there's thousands of people that fucking listen to this thing, and I don't want fucking some. Uh, I don't want fucking uh, some jack wagon on Twitter saying. Uh, Watchmen is not a graphic novel. It was released as individual comic book issues. All right. Yeah. So there you go. I get it, people. Go ahead, Paul. Sorry. No, no. I was going to say the world building. The second episode does. It really got me into it. And as you guys said, that whole Tulsa riot race was a. I mean, that was a great way to kind of lead us into the whole series, and it definitely gets revisited in the second episode. Yeah, this episode's kind of stupid. Ours, right, Jake? Is this not good? Oh, our episode? Yeah, cramp, right? Yeah, it's, it's the addition of me not, that not, did it. Not. It's the it's, no, uh, you're not. You're fine, Paul. Oh man, I There's I no, take a hundred percent responsibility. No, for knock that. it off. No. Knock it off, Paul. Yeah, shut up, you. Paul. Jesus <laughs> shut the fuck up. It's not. It's not all about you, Paul. All right. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I was hoping one day it would be. It's not. It's not. Not this episode, not buddy. This episode, Paul. <laughs> Paul, you're not taking the fall for this one. I think it's, uh. Yeah, we did know. this. What do you think, Jake? What are you thinking? 40% you, 60% me? Yeah, I, and that, uh, that sounds about right. Yeah. I, I know I'm not helping anything. Well, you, well yeah, that's a given, you know, but like, here, you know. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man, now I need to cry one out. Oh shit, maybe you can have the hamburger helper give you a fucking jack you off a little bit. Maybe, I don't like think I'd be I don't think I'd be into that. I don't know. Dude, what if what if it had a little pink bow? Like what if they did the Miss Pac Man with it? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know, man. It, it wouldn't feel like a human hand, so it's not like looking away would change anything. It's a story, though. Oh, come on. That's a fucking story. Man, that's not like... I'm not it, saying I wouldn't try. You gotta experience that shit, man. Why are you, why are you so close-minded, dude? It, you know <laughs> what I mean? I'm saying, dude. like, who else can say that? Oh, I had some fucking uh, claymation hand that was speaking Italian <laughs> fucking jacking me off. You know what I mean? Like, how... I. I that's that's an experience. It's life experience, man. Like even if it doesn't work out well for you, at least you can say you fucking tried it. You know, it's like it's like it's like those people that fucking like every time they go to a restaurant, they order the same fucking meal every fucking time. I dated somebody, and all she every fucking restaurant we'd go to, it didn't matter where we'd go, she'd get chicken fettuccine Alfredo. Jesus Christ, you boring ass fucking bitch. Get something different. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Get something different when you go to a restaurant every time with the chicken fettuccine Alfredo. You know, I've been jacked off many times by different women, but man, I've never been fucking jerked off by a fucking claymation hand that specializes in making hamburgers <laughs> with it, noodles. It has a mouth too though, right? The hamburger helper hand? Like, Dude, we feel better there we go. There we go. <laughs> I'm talking halfway <laughs> through the hand job. I'm talking halfway through the hand job. You're getting fucking sucked off, dude. <laughs> <laughs> And you, yeah, at first you're like, no. You were right on that trade. You're like, no, no, I'm not down for this, dude. No, man, there's there's some surprises. He's got he's got. Yeah, the surprises seem more more interesting than the original deal. Well, see, but you said no to the original deal. Not yeah, not, yeah, yeah. I messed up. I messed up. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. The hamburger helper guy has some tricks up his sleeve, and one of those is he's got a fucking mouth, and he could blow you. <laughs> and you <laughs> this is so stupid. The fact that I mean, the dumbest sentence ever uttered on PCL. Why the fuck do we do this? This is the dumbest shit. He's got a mouth and he can blow you. <laughs> oh my god. We, I need a break. Let's take a break. <laughs> Let's take a break and we'll be right back. Hi. I sound like Morgan Freeman. I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon. It's just so easy. I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers. No, I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame. And I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here too one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day you too will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis. 
and shitting your body weight in Dan and yogurt, and the next thing you know, you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying, holy shit, that freckled face fucker was right. Anyway, the whole point of this is to tell you that popcultureleftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link. What that means is when you click on the link from their website, it helps the show. It doesn't charge you extra at all. You just shop like you regularly would, and Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient, just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth. All right, hey, we're back. Yeah, welcome back. Huh? Welcome back, everybody. Hey, if you, if you could fuck any uh, food mascot, who would it be? You talked about Hamburger Helper. It would have been, yeah, I know. I'm I'm waiting for the iTunes reviews on this one. They spent they spent uh, an hour talking about food mascots, jerking on the Hamburger Helper. I get it. I get it. Just give us the one stars. I fucking get it. Whatever. I'm still going with this. Food mascot, who you fucking? Man, I'm trying to think. I, nothing's coming to mind. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Maybe, how about the, the Sun Made Raisin Girl? Whoa! How old is she? Uh, I don't know. I think she's she's a woman, right? You just said girl. I mean, girl doesn't necessarily mean young. Paul, who are you fucking? Why, why are you fucking the raisin girl? What's she doing? <laughs> what, what's I don't she, know. What's she doing to you? What she got going? <laughs> what she got going on? I mean, she's got all the raisins, man. Some sexy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm s- sold. She's got that sexy bonnet that she wears, man. <laughs> Paul, who you fucking man? Who you fucking? Uh, Mrs. Part? Buttersworth. Oh, Mrs. Buttersworth. They got rid of her boobs, though. Did they? Yeah, they flatten them fucking things out. She doesn't have that shapely figure that she once had. And the only other thing I can see is Morton Salt, but I think that would. Oh that's God, not, yeah, no, you're, that's you're not good. No, yeah, I'm you're, those, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, no. you're, you're, you're going to Mrs. jail. Mrs. Butterworth is definitely in the yeah. <laughs> oh man, I'm fucking that Land of Lakes chick. She's already on her knees. <laughs> 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 Yeah, she's she's pretty cute into that like Indian cosplay. She's already she's she's even holding the lubricant in her hand, saying, "Hey, let's do this." You know what I mean? I'm actually looking at it right now. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're going and there. The only other the only other one I have is Red Baron Pizza. So, oh, worth the sexy Jaquita Banana Woman. Oh God, oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I like that. That's fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> 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 Nothing's nothing like that country girl next door son made raising girl though. Oh god. No, I'm going <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm going to town on Land of the Lakes. She's a, you know what I mean? Just uh yeah, she can fucking butter up my dick and then we can go to town. <laughs> All right, what are we doing here? 
Hey, it's we, took time. A, we took a break. It still came back to that. Yeah, yeah, I don't give a fuck anymore. No, it was good. It was good. Pop culture leftovers, news people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Read all about it. It's the leftover news, and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. Uh, first season of uh, Snowpiercer on TNT hasn't even aired. They've already given a season two order. Crazy. Wow. Yeah. Sean Bean's going to be joining the cast as a series regular role. Did you hear Sean Bean said that he is only going to be able to, he's only joining series and movies where his character doesn't immediately get killed off. He's made, yeah, I, yeah, I did read that. When I first read it, I thought maybe it was like an Onion article too. And I'm like, yeah. oh no shit, this is real. Yeah. Season one of uh, Snowpiercer is going to start Jennifer Connelly and David Diggs. Big fan of David Diggs. Love that guy in Blind the blind spotting yeah he's fantastic in that so looking forward to uh looking forward to snowpiercer anyway uh news from dark horizons early last year came word that uh, blumhouse productions was teaming with spawn creator todd mcfarlane for a tightly budgeted r-rated spawn reboot but since then there's been little to no progress for various reasons this week though mcfarlane was out doing press for his comic passing 301 issues so he's talking about spawn passing 301 issues breaking the record for the longest running creator owned superhero comic in history during this he was asked by the phoenix new times about the status of his long gestating movie mcfarland claims interest for the film has suddenly surged in the last few weeks and it it's all (laughs) thanks to the runaway success of joker this is what he says we keep pushing for it it's interesting because the Marvel movies, the MCU, has been doing quite well, and those are PG-13 movies. I keep trying to convince people that doing a dark, serious comic book movie will work. There's been so much success with these PG-13 movies that there's a resistance to them in Hollywood. But since Joker came out, it proves what I've been saying for over two years to any executives I can talk to. Serious, dark comic books can work. Our movies can succeed. So now, all of a sudden, I've been getting a lot of phone calls saying, Todd, we need to talk to you about the R-rated dark thing you wanted to do. So Joker did me a favor. Here's the thing, guys. Todd Phillips' directed DC Comics adaptation of Joker has grossed $856 million worldwide. McFarlane wrote the script for his new Spawn. Uh, Jeremy Renner's attached. Jamie Foxx is attached. It fucking... Joker beat records. It beat the Deadpool record of the yeah. um, of uh, R-rated comic book box office. So, yeah, this is uh, it's igniting. It's sparking more interest in this uh, Spawn reboot. Um, Jake, I, I was thinking this thing was going to be dead, and who knows? Who knows? A Joker could could single handedly resurrect this. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, that's money talks with this kind of thing. And that is exactly what the studio could see is here. We've got another R-rated superhero movie that can be made faster than anything else that we'd have to write from the ground up. These are so. succeeding. They're succeeding. I and mean, we saw it in Logan. We saw it in Deadpool. We saw it in Deadpool 2. And now we saw it with Joker. So who knows? Who knows what's going to happen here? It's, I think it all came down to the budget is what I'm hearing. The budget was the big issue with this one. Yeah, um, I remember talking about that. Yeah. And you could see that with a lot of the actors that you have on. And then when you add special effects and 
marketing and all that stuff, yeah, we're talking a pretty penny. But yeah, it's um, maybe this is what gets it its budget, though, knowing what the returns could be like. Um, yeah, it really, I, I cross my fingers for Todd in this Spawn movie. I, I honestly want to see this see this happen. You know who's attached to this thing to do like the makeup and everything? Greg mm-hmm. Greg Nicotero. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. You looking yeah. F- Paul, are you looking forward to this if it does happen? Oh, I totally am. But I, I think it was yesterday I read an article where they interviewed Michael Jai White and he was just trashing this. Oh that's because he's the original spawn. He's the yeah, original spawn, and, yeah. And, and, and he was I think his main gripe was that I guess Todd McFarland said the main character of Spawn would hardly be in it, just like a present in the shadows. And his main gripe with the movie was it was only like on a $10 million budget, but I don't, it just sounds like sour grapes. But yeah, I definitely want to see what he can do. It'd be fun to see him in the director's chair, you know, cause that's his baby bring yeah. life to it. It'd be fun to see. Yeah. I want to see this so bad. I hope it happens. I hope it happens for Todd. It's just, it is weird that it, it would be directed by Todd McFarlane, who's never directed anything before. But who knows? I mean, Jake, he could be a great director for all we know. But it's, it's one of those things where, like, a lot of these directors that, like, come on to do the first movie, you know, we've seen them already work with other people in the business. You know what I mean? They've kind of learned yeah, from yeah. other we people. We saw that, like, with Frank Miller a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. it's inter- it's interesting. I yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it this is his baby. Yeah, no one knows his character better than fucking Todd at this point. Yeah, and I think like he's gonna have like assistant, uh, you know, assistant directors that'll probably be able to help him out. You know, I can't see that with Blumhouse involved in this that they wouldn't have some people. On. Hey, fuck, Greg Nicotero himself has directed <laughs> episodes of The Walking Dead. He's directed episodes of Creep Show. So it's not like. Greg Nicotero, Greg Nicotero is like a slouch when it comes to like to this business either. So, no, very true. Uh, I do want to talk about this. Doug Lyman. Um, he recently had reshoots uh, for Chaos Walking. This is the uh, new movie with uh, Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley. But he was talking to Comic Book Movie about uh, the Edge of Tomorrow sequel and when he hopes to shoot the film and. He said, I'm hoping if we're going to do it, that uh, that would be the time. He's talking about when – oh, after after um, Tom Cruise finishes filming the next two Mission Impossible movies because he's – Tom Cruise is filming those back-to-back. And mm. comic book movie said, and the script is done and everything. And Lyman said, yeah, the script is ready. So it goes, the article goes on to say the next two Mission Impossible films will be a two-parter and it's going to be written, directed by Christopher McQuarrie, uh, with Rebecca Ferguson and Haley Atwell co-starring with Cruz. Filming is, uh, filming is expected to begin next year in England. And so here's the thing. So like they're saying, yeah, these are going to be shot, uh, back to back in 2020. So filming for Edge of Tomorrow might not begin until the sequel for Edge of Tomorrow might not begin until 2021. And the reason I'm bringing this up is that Lyman, and we talked about this, we talked about this on the episode, Lyman three years ago, this was three years ago, he teased that the ending of Edge of Tomorrow 2 will change the way people do sequels. 
His words, his words were revolutionized. Oh, I remember this. This is his quote to IGN back in April of 2016. It's going to revolutionize how people make sequels. It really will. They pushed him to expand on what he meant by that. And he says, I can't, but it will. You mark my words. And we talked about this back in 2016 and I have not forgotten this claim and I will continue to remind people about this until the movie comes out because it better live up to that fucking hype. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I, I mean, maybe, right. That's the one thing about this. Like the, the original conceit of the first movie is so, so wild that maybe he really did, does have something really crazy cooked up. For it's a, a great, it's a great movie, but it is a lot of like pulled from Groundhog's Day. Like it's like you could say like, you know, like we all say like when you watch a South Park episode or a Family Guy episode, we can all say like, oh, Simpsons did it first. Like that's what, it, you know, Groundhog's Day, it's, it's kind of Groundhog's Day, even though it's based off the manga. Yeah, it it's Starship Troopers meets Groundhog Day. Yeah. yeah. Have you heard about? Oh my God, I forgot about. Um, did you uh, see that? Uh, I think it's it's another Fathom event, and it's November. I can't Starship remember. Starship Troopers? The, no, it's um, Galaxy Quest. There's a Galaxy Quest documentary coming out. It's a one night only event, oh, and it's called Never Surrender. Hmm. So look that up. It comes out this November. I want to say November 19th or 26th. I can't remember. But if you're a Galaxy Quest fan, look this up on FathomEvents.com. And it's called Never Surrender. And it's a Galaxy Quest documentary. And remember, we were supposed to get that Galaxy Quest series with most of the original cast returning mm-hmm, and that kind of mm-hmm. like that's kind of fallen out like they were talking about you know Sam Rockwell and and Tim Allen and Sigourney Weaver and everybody coming back except for of course Alan Rickman who's passed away but yeah that was supposed to be a thing yeah but i want to see that in the theaters yeah, that would be really cool to see. I, I hadn't heard that they made a documentary. I would love to watch that. Yeah, I also missed, what was it? The, it was a Quentin Tarantino documentary. It was called QT8, and it was a documentary about the first <laughs> eight Quentin Tarantino films. And that was last week, and I, I missed it. Um, that's all I got for news. Yeah, I'm tell, I, most of this is good pop, bad pop. So we're going to move into Marvel news. Um, I'm not even going to play the bumper. Who gives a shit? Marvel news. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, THR's Heat Vision newsletter uh, yesterday got the exclusive that Peyton Reed will return to direct Ant-Man 3. So that's happening. Yeah, yeah, I saw this. And this kind of seemed expected, right? Yeah, Peyton's well, a good company, man. Well, here's the thing. Was it expected that we were going to get an Ant-Man 3? No, yeah. I, I agree with that. But if there was going to be one, I expected it to be Peyton Reed again. I agree. Uh, he's company man when it comes to that. He's going to come back and do it. But like, I didn't know if we were going to get an Ant-Man 3 or not. Looks like we are. So. Yeah, I guess it makes enough money. And they. It, it is kind of a good like kind of stepping stone for in-between storylines, it seems, it seems, for them. Did you see that they got a new writer? They got new writers for the uh, Doctor Strange movie? 
No, I did not. That's interesting. Yeah, they got the writers. Uh, this comes from I got this from Dark Horizon. The Turning and Miller's Girl scribe Jade Bartlett has been tapped to pen the screenplay for Marvel Studios Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which is going to release on May seventh of twenty twenty one. So the original film was uh, written by Doctor Strange was written by C. Robert Cargill and John Spates, and they are not coming back to, to to write the second movie. It's going to be Jade Bartlett, who's I don't know. Ha, have you guys seen the trailer for the Turning? This is the the new um, Finn Wolfhard movie. It's also got the girl from uh, the Florida Project. It's a horror film. Mm-mm. I think I do know what you're talking about. I thought the trailer looks fantastic. <laughs> And yeah, I thought the trailer looks really good. I think Mackenzie Davis is the lead, and you've got Finn Wolfhard, and then like the girl from uh, Florida Project, and they got oh what what I was gonna say. I, I keep trying to Google the trailer and information, but it's such a generic name that I'm like, it's hard to find the fucking movie called The Turning. You Just know? type in The Turning 2020 movie. Oh, there you go. It. There you go. Because it comes out in January of 2020. Um, yeah, but they got the uh, writer for The Turning, Jade Bartlett. I think that this movie is going to be drastically different than the first Doctor Strange. Just because of the new hire of Jade Bartlett. Yeah, I could see that too. I, maybe they're finally going to deliver on kind of the false promise of having Dr. Strange have more of a horror movie feel to it. Cause I know that was touted a lot for the first movie, but in my opinion, not really delivered on, even though well, they got the a final horror- product was a movie I liked. Yeah. They got a horror director of Scott Derrickson guy that's known for horror to direct that first movie. It, it's not clear if he's coming back, but uh, they are. It sounds like they are, you know, uh, coming through on the promise of this being a more horror type film with uh, with uh, hiring Jade Bartlett here. So, yeah, interesting shit. Yeah, I like it. I, see, I, at first, I thought, you know, you always think kind of knee jerk reaction, bad news when you have a ridership like that. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe this is a good thing. DC news, moving into DC news. Yeah, Batman, Vagina, Hamburger Helper, Flick the Bean, Jeffrey Wright. <laughs> Jeffrey Wright is now confirmed to be playing Commissioner Gordon in Matt Reeves the Batman. He joins Robert Pattinson. And why am I hearing a fucking echo of myself? What's going on with that? Yeah, that's very weird. Did you hear it? Mm-hmm. Both yeah. times. Yeah. What's going on? Paul, what you doing over there? I'm not doing anything. Huh? I've been on mute, but maybe because I'm on my phone. I don't know. Ah, that might be it. I yeah, I hear it again. Damn it. Are you, do you have your, you have the podcast on speaker? Cause that's what fucks it up. Okay. Yes, I do. And knock it off, Paul. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Are we good? We're keeping this in. We're keeping it in, people. You're hearing this. Yeah, no mark for edit. I don't know. Whatever. Paul, you, you do what you need to do. I'm going to continue. Is that better? We'll find out when I start talking. Okay. Yeah. It sounds good so far. Jeffrey Wright, 
if you're familiar with Jeffrey Wright, he plays Bernard in Westworld. And uh, he's now confirmed to be playing Commissioner Gordon in Matt Reeves' The Batman. So he's going to join Robert Pattinson and uh, Zoe Kravitz, who was recently announced to be playing Catwoman. So it's been confirmed. Jeffrey Wright. I love it. Yeah. Awesome. Commissioner Gordon. Can't wait to see that. Mm-hmm. Agreed. <laughs> I've got some uh, Reddit rumors here from DCEU leaks because why not? Right? Why not? Always fun. Let's do Why it. Why not? Because who knows if these things are going to come to fruition. So um, this was posted by uh, user Gamitgo on uh, the uh, DCEU leak subreddit. And they said Mike Flanagan met Warner, met Warner Brothers for Nightwing or the Green Lantern series. So Mike Flanagan... Most recently directed, uh, directed Dr. Sleep, the movie that I saw, uh, for the Fandango, uh, early, uh, access screening. They're saying that Mike Flanagan has met with Warner Brothers. This is unverified. I do not know if this is true, if this is just bullshit. I just, there was not a lot of, uh, <laughs> stuff to talk about this week as far as DC was concerned. So I just kind of like wanted to bring this up. Who knows if this is going to be fucking true? I, the reason I kind of wanted to bring this up is because like, um, I would love to kind of, I would love to see this. Um, the producer that he met with is listed as a producer on the Green Lantern TV show. Um, and then, um, they said that he could be, uh, also doing the Nightwing movie, which, which there was not a lot of news on the Nightwing movie. There was the rumored Nightwing movie, but the Twitter account for the Nightwing movie hadn't posted in a long time and then finally posted recently. So I don't know if it's still a go. Um, Do you think like, okay, so they do, let's say that they go through and do a Nightwing movie and they had... um, and yes, they had a director attached to Nightwing at one time. Was it who was it? Was it Adam McKay? I forget who it was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're correct. Well, apparently, like that's not happening, according to to people. And 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 Mike Flanagan might be doing a Nightwing movie if they do. If they start doing this kind of stuff, Chris McKay. Chris McKay. Yeah, I knew it was a McKay. Yeah, you were halfway there. I was halfway That's why there. I knew it hit a bell. <laughs> yeah, um, Adam McKay is the guy that did like Vice and shit. Right? He did Vice. What did Chris McKay do? Mm, bunch of shit. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking it up. <laughs> I love a bunch of shit. Bunch of shit. Hey, Chris McKay. Uh, Chris McKay. Um. Uh... I was known for um, all the Lego movie stuff and oh, okay. Robot Chicken. Yeah, wow, wow, That's not who I not who I thought it was. Quite the resume. I you know I love Robot. You wouldn't think about him doing a fucking Nightwing movie though, right? Yeah, yeah. Seems like an odd choice. Seems like yeah. an odd choice. Yeah. You see, Will Arnett's going to be hosting a um, like Lego competition show on Fox in uh, early 2020. Really? Yeah. yeah. How? Yeah, come on. Are you, are, 
a Lego competition show. I know you love yeah, Legos, like Jake. Master builders and piles of Legos and like an hour time limit. That I'm kind of interested in seeing that. I know you are. That's <laughs> right up your fucking alley. That sounds like the dumbest shit ever. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm excited. Fox pr- production levels and Will Arnett, you know, good stuff. Ah, uh, it sounds like the dumbest shit. It sounds like a one season and done. Oh, it, I, it definitely sounds like that. <laughs> oh my god, who the fuck is tuning into that shit? I don't know. I can't. I can't. No, I get. It. I know. I know. I know all you Lego fucking people. I get it. What do you call it? They call themselves blockheads. What are these? Yeah, what are sure. these? What do these Lego fans call each other? Zach the Lego Maniac. They call each other Zachs. No, I, I don't know. That was the commercial. I remember the today. commercial, and the kid had glasses, and he thought he was cool. <laughs> <laughs> you boiled down to the root of it there. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Fuck, I remember cool. that little shit. Anyway, yeah, he wasn't as cool as the Mott's applesauce kid. Oh, the Mott's applesauce kid. What about uh, the Mikey, the life, cool. life cereal uh, Mikey? That kid's the least cool. Really? Real mama's boy, fucking Mikey. Yeah. He was a little bitch, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, dude. That <laughs> the opposite of cool. Oh, wow, that kid got beat up how so much. Fuck, how, no, that's a, that's a, I think that's cha- a challenge. For uh, for people trying to sell, I don't know, food and shit. Like, how do you make applesauce cool? You know what I mean? Even oh man, by acting like it's fucking drugs, dude. Like, I get it. Like, like fruit roll ups and shit. Like, I get it. How that can be cool? It's like, yeah, it's like it looks like wallpaper, but you can eat it. You know, like. Yeah, man, you can poke out fucking designs with it and shit. Yeah, like you, there's a lot you can. But applesauce, uh, it's just mushed up apples, dude. Oh, now with cinnamon, like whatever. That shit you goes like gangbusters, though. Yeah, the Mots kid treated it like it was fucking drugs and cocaine and shit. He was like, "I got the Mots." Oh, dude, yeah. There's that one scene where he's fucking like. He's got like a pile of it on it, like a <laughs> silver platter, and he's got like a machine gun, and he's shooting everybody. Like, say hello to my little friend. And he's fucking <laughs> eating mots off of fucking prostitutes yeah, and shit, snorting mots off of <laughs> fucking hooker's ass, <laughs> rubbing mots on his gums and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Put a little moth on the rim of your fucking a-hole and spice it up a bit there. (laughs) It's the crossover we never knew we needed with Hamburger Helper. Oh, my God. Rubbing moths on his gums. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. That's funny. Um... Oh, uh, there was some Wonder Woman 84 footage that was shown at the uh, HBO Max conference. Ooh, um, why did they get it? They got it, but nobody else got to see it. This comes from uh, user, and I, this is, in my opinion, this has kind of been confirmed because I've heard, I've heard it other places uh, the same way of like what the breakdown was. But my description actually comes from the user Dinner Pride on Reddit's uh, DCEU leak subreddit. 
And apparently we get a shot of Diana and Steve Trevor walking in front of the Washington Monument. Diana is wearing white Greek goddess inspired dress and reaches out to caress Steve's cheek. Her voice over narration mourns. I can almost see it like a beautiful dream. Um, that narration would seem to suggest this is a dream sequence of some sort, though the footage itself looks real enough. I don't think that, oh yeah, okay, let me read this. A second scene lends more credence to the idea that Steve Trevor is alive and well, and not just a figment of Diana's imagination. We see Wonder Woman battling enemies inside the White House while wearing her new armor. She protects Steve from gunfire, grabs a gun, and unloads it in slow motion and pulls foes closer with her lasso. Another cryptic shot shows her whipping her lasso around to possibly deflect or redirect a bolt of lightning. Could she be fighting Zeus, is what they say. I've actually seen two screenshots of this, and it's basically what I saw was really bad quality, but you could see the lasso as she's fighting somebody. Um... It was really bad quality, but, um, yeah, it looks like, uh, there's going to be a scene of her. I, I believe that this is going to happen. We are going to see this in the movie. We will see a scene of, uh, Wonder Woman inside the White House, uh, battling, uh, enemies, uh, wearing new armor. I think that this is, I think these are legit reports from somebody that did see these at the, uh, HBO Max conference. Yeah, I so. believe it too. Yeah, it, probably just around the corner for us finally getting to see this stuff too. I would think uh, we're about a month away. They said that they were going to release the Wonder Woman stuff. Oh God, what, what, when was it? I can't. They Patty Jenkins came out with a tweet saying when they were going to give us the fucking Wonder Woman trailer. Fucking November first was supposed to be the date that the movie was coming out. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, we're getting a fucking Green Lantern show. Yeah, HBO show, right? It's going to be HBO Max. HBO Max, it's Greg Berlanti, who does all the, uh, you know, the Arrowverse stuff. Um, And uh, he's going to be doing, uh, we're going to get two original DC shows. Uh, going to HBO Max. The first one is going to be a Green Lantern series. But it was worded in the article, the original article, it was originally, uh, said to be an inspired by the Green Lantern property. I, so I'm, I don't know what that means. If it's just about, you know, Green Lantern himself or it's just a show about the lanterns in general. Um, But that is something that's coming directly to HBO Max. But we're also going to get Strange Adventures, an episodic anthology series set within the DC Universe. Uh, That that's the one like that's the one I'm actually looking more forward to, which is crazy. (laughs) So is is the DC Universe streaming service shutting the fuck down? We are. All of the DC movies, I think, are moving to HBO Max. I think, like, I think I read somewhere, like, all the H, like, the, the DCEU stuff, like Batman v Superman and, you know, Zack Snyder's Man of Steel, all those movies are going to be going to 
HBO Max. So, like, what is going to happen with the DC universe? Even well, even brand new series are going there, like <laughs> the Green Lantern and this anthology series. Yeah, but that's here's crazy. But that's they're part of the. It's Greg Berlanti who's doing that, and like all the Arrowverse stuff has been on the CW. So yeah, that's true. But that I feel I felt like that was an allowance because it's like continued off of something that's existed. I'm not for so defending long. the no, fact I, I that I, that I, I think that just, DC Universe is thriving and it's going to stay there. I think they're going to they're going to pick and choose what shows are going to continue to go on and then actually and then eventually move them to HBO Max because Stargirl the uh series with uh Joel McHale was originally going to be on DC Universe the last i've heard is that show they've already shot it it's already been filmed but they are going to have to repurpose it so that it can be shown on the CW because it's yeah. not going to be shown uh, you heard this too Paul yeah, and I also heard that when they roll out HBO Max in uh, April, uh, May of 2020, yeah. that Joker will be available to watch the first day HBO Max drops. I've heard that too. Yeah, that's yeah. wild. What, whatever happened to the Harley show? Is that even coming? It's to still coming. Still? Yeah, that's uh, the the uh, Harley um, the Harley Quinn show is still supposed to be going to DC Universe. Kelly Cuoco, Kelly, uh, Kelly Cuoco, who, or Cuco, or however the fuck you pronounce her fucking name, the girl, Cuco, Cuco. yeah, Haley, uh, Kaylee Cuco, Kaylee Cuco, it sounds like, I'm with Kaylee Cuco, she's Cuco for Coco (laughs) Fox, that's the Big Bang Theory blonde girl, (laughs) hey, would you fuck that Coco Puffs? Mascot. I knew that was going there. Would you, Sonny? Sonny? Oh, my God. Jake, Jake, you know his name. Sonny Bird. Yeah, yeah. He feels like a relative. I could not, I could not do that. <laughs> he feels like a relative. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to get back to making fun of DC Universe. This shit's been around for over a year now, and it has, like, what, three original series? Like, yeah. what a bunch of fucking crock. I, yeah, well, I fucking did the 15-month thing, and... Uh, like it's 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 been a huge letdown. Swamp Thing gets canceled. No Star Girl. Fucking uh, I haven't even started Titan season two just because I don't know. I don't. I love Titan season one. I thought it was fantastic. It was my. I don't know. I don't know why the fuck I haven't started. I'm just yeah. It's a huge letdown. What, what Three you th- fucking original series. I mean, how can they? It's like eight bucks a month or some nonsense, right? Yeah, it's bullshit. Paul, what are you gonna say, man? I was going to say, um, I read today that the Harley Quinn series only got picked up for a half season order. What the fuck? On DC. Yeah, and I know, like, they're going to air Doom Patrol consecutively on HBO Max and DC Universe. Everything almost points like they're going to start to phase DC Universe out. Completely yeah. out, which, and the only reason why I still carry it is because I have a fucking podcast that watches episodes of. Batman the, the animated, animated series, series yeah. and that's the only place where I can watch it right now. Right, I just I yeah, paid, you know, I just yeah. got an email from them, uh, DC Universe, where they're like, uh, "Last chance special promo for you. Come back to DC Universe and save." 
I got a fucking email from them like, and I'm not even kidding. Do you have an idea for a show? <laughs> I'm not even, this is not a joke. I'm not kidding with you. Do you have an idea for a show? And I was like, oh my God. Like, how badly are you hurting that you're asking people if they have an idea for a show when you have such amazing characters at your disposal? Like, what is going on? What the I, fuck I, is going hope, on over there? I'm sorry. I, I hope to God it gets like somehow absorbed into HBO Max. Me too. The best feature about it is the fucking comic app. Because they have their almost entire library up to like three months new, I think. Yeah. And it's a great way to read like classic storylines and all that and characters you don't know anything about. And you can read it right on your TV. Like that's that's the part I hope doesn't get because I feel like it's it's either it's going to get completely tossed aside or it's going to get absorbed into HBO Max. HBO. And I just hope they take the whole the whole service itself, including the comic reading part into it. Yeah. I, yeah. I just, I'm not reading comics on my fucking TV. Like if I do that, it's like, it's going to be on a Kindle or an iPad or something. So yeah, no, I get you. And I don't have those, but we've been doing something with Rebecca and I, where we read like classic Batman stuff and it's been really cool reading on there. So that's why I bring that up. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I, the one thing I have used DC Universe for is the comics, actually. And, I mean, I, it looks pretty nice on my big iPhone. Didn't HBO Max fucking buy... They bought South Park, right? Yeah. Yeah, and was all it, of Rick and Morty. And too. Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty, too. And they're getting fucking all the Studio Ghibli films. Damn. Oh, yeah, that's huge. That's, I, that's fucking... Crazy. Yeah, because uh, Studio Ghibli movies have never been able to be streamed before. Except for... I think there's, like, the first... Miyazaki film that he ever made is available on um, Netflix. It's Castle something. I forget what it's called. Yeah, 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 yeah. Howl's Moving Castle. No, no, it's not. It's like Lupin's. Oh, the older one. Yeah, the old. It's his first. Um, Like fucking like Nausicaa and fucking, you know, Howl's Moving Castle, Princess Mononoke, all that stuff you had to buy like either in a set or individually. You've never been, you've never been able to stream it anywhere. So like, that's a huge deal. I bought my Princess Mononoke tickets for this month. Nice. For Ghibli oh yeah, Fest. I was looking on Fathom during our last break actually because you brought it up. I was seeing if there was anything I didn't know about, and I yeah. saw that, that was going to be next month. Fuck yeah! It, well, it's this month now. It's November seventeenth. Oh god, yeah, yeah, jeez. Yeah, it's November. November seventeenth is when I bought my tickets. I, that's the first time I ever saw Princess Mononoke was in the theater. And I'm going to see it again in the theater because I fucking love it. It's a great fucking movie. Um, yeah, Strange Adventures is – have you ever heard of Strange Adventures, Jake? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's an anthology series. Uh, and it's basically – it ran for 244 issues and it's science, uh, it's science fiction stories. So each I think each episode will be like they'll pick and choose which science fiction story they're going to tell. And that's going to be on HBO Max. I think this is just leading us into uh, all the H, the, all the DC Universe stuff going over to HBO Max, and then them kind of like dissolving that service. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. It's crazy that they've got a 
that email campaign going on right now too that they're they're trying to sign people up for a year again right now wow <sighs> why why if it's not gonna i don't know and there's nothing on the horizon star girl's so. not coming out all we, all they have is like the the harley stuff and then what the fuck what the yeah. fuck? Why? I mean, I guess the comic content is about really, I agree with Paul, the best thing it's got going. <sighs> That's crazy. Yeah, but we were promised so much more. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like we haven't even gotten the stuff that they promised yet, and we're already moving on to year two. I mean, in the Apple Plus, I feel like, has more original series on day one than DC Universe has had in over a year. Oh, my God. You're right. Sure. Yeah, that's crazy. That's a crock. Yeah, it's bullshit. And we don't even have, like, the, the fucking... Um, I don't even have all... They don't even have all of Batman 66 on there, right? Mm-mm. I don't think so, no. And the only main movie they have is, is fucking Watchmen. They don't have any of the Batman movies on there. It's- yeah, they took all that shit off. Yeah, yeah, they had, didn't they have, uh, they had Batman on there, the Burton one. Yeah, for yeah, like that was a like week. Because of, Bat- of Batman Day, they had it on for like a week or two. Yeah. The fuck. I thought they were supposed to have all the new animated features like right away too, and I feel like they've dropped the ball on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but. Yeah, they were supposed know. to like, uh, you know, like those, those animated features, like every once in a while they'll have like a one night limited release in a theater. And then you'll be able to pick it up on VOD and Blu-ray. And then it always felt like a month later it was showing up on DC Universe, which like yeah. they did that with like, you know, uh, was it Gotham by Gaslight or whatever the fuck that was. And then they did it with, uh, I'm trying to think. What was the Batman last? Ninja? Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. They did it with the Supermans too. The Death of Superman, Reign of Superman. Yeah, movies. yeah. Oh God, Those are, did you watch? Oh, the the new Death of Superman. I need part, to. I need to see those. those are good. Part one and part two are so good, Jake. So yeah, good. I need, to, I need to watch those. Yeah, I'm on here right now. They have the four Superman movies and the Watchmen movie, and a smattering of the animated stuff. But yeah, yeah, that's it. And it's funny because I was on HBO Now and Gotham by Gaslight's on there. On HBO Now? Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's on HBO Now. That should tell us something. I know. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that they're, oh, wow, that's not good. That is not good. Uh, Let's move, let's, we'll move on. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. I had one more thing for, DC news, and I know I've got it in my notes. It's Birds of Prey stuff. I, this is another DCEU leaks, and I don't know how reliable this is, but it's just like... I think I know what you're going to say. What am I going to say, Paul? Is it about Black Mask is the main part of the movie? It's him looking for dick pics? No, what the fuck? Yeah, that's that, That's like the big rumor that came out the other day that the, the rumor plot is... Ewan McGregor's character is his main reason to like, is he's looking for dick pics he sent out. Well, shit, I, you just sold me a ticket. I can't wait to go. see this movie. If that's <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty funny. Uh, this is, uh, 
No. What the fuck? Who the what the fuck? Where'd you read that shit? Uh, what did I read? I read it on whatculture.com. <laughs> I think it was leaked maybe by Bloody Disgusting. I don't know how how like how reputable they are. They they're good when it comes to their scoops on horror movies. I don't know how reliable they are when it comes to DC stuff. Yeah, but the big thing that they were saying is, you know, he's like he lives an alternate lifestyle and some dick pics gets out that he sent to another dude and he's on the hunt to get them and the birds of prayer also out to get those to kind of ruffle some shit up. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Fucking insane. Yeah. Uh, the hunt for, uh, for some dick pics here. How, uh, that's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's a good plot device. It's very, it's so good. <laughs> and I've been like the biggest proponent for this movie coming out, and it just makes it so much harder to to really root this movie on with every news story that comes out about it. I don't know, man. You got me uh, got me kind of excited now. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but I could do my part tonight. Uh, let's see here. Here's it. Minor birds of prey info. This goes to DCEU leaks. It's unverified. And it goes on to say, I'm not an insider. However, I've DM'd two insiders and three people who have actually been to a screening. There are some of the details that I've got that aren't as clear or that haven't really been leaked. Most of it regarding Roman. Um, everyone I've talked to has said that Dinah is their favorite. Uh, Roman doesn't like being told no and really hasn't been told to uh told no much so when diana harley and huntress all not only leave roman as previous subordinates but also help out the girl he's after he goes off this is some bullshit what the fuck movie is original (laughs) as possible no oliver queen reference or reference or really any comic accuracy at all um oh yeah hold yeah, at least two screenings have been held. One without the sculpture of Roman's picks, as well as some other things, as one with the picks. The latter was very, very well received. Some, however, found the twist weird. Um, where's the one? They talked about a sex scene. Where the fuck did I read that in this? I heard about like they they might be taking a sec. There's like a couple sex scenes that were filmed in this that they might take out. Oh yeah, here we go. I asked about the rumor about Zaz and Roman. Shit, this has to do, dude. This has to be what you're talking about. I asked about really? the rumor about Zaz and Roman. I've heard it's 100 percent true from all of them. I've heard quote if they cut a sex scene out, I wouldn't be surprised. And, quote, it's clear that they're intended to be a couple. This isn't baiting thing like some of the Disney stuff. They just don't outright say it because they don't need to. Holy shit. So they're saying that Victor Zaz and the villain are in a homosexual relationship? Is that what I'm getting? Yeah. Totally, and that would almost lead to compromising pictures of the two that oh, he would so not want a, it's there. It's not like it's not like it's only just like fucking 
dick pics, it's like pictures of like him and Victor Zaz fucking fucking. Yeah, fucking fucking, absolutely. Wow. Yeah, Victor Zaz is in the movie. He's played by uh, Chris Messina. What's the movie rated? Uh, they haven't PG-13, come out. With, right? They have not come out with an official rating. Some are saying it could be R. I know Robbie Margot was Margot Robbie. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, was touting that was going to be R rated. It sounds like there's two cuts of the movie. Huh. Like you know what I mean? Like like once, but I think like after the success of Joker, this definitely could be an R rated film at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. Why not just do more of that? Work yeah. the first time. Yeah. Mm. Star Wars news. Uh, what do we got? Benioff and uh, how do you pronounce these guys' names? These fucking Game of Thrones guys. I always guys. said D and D to avoid that. D- I, Benioff, <laughs> I always say Benioff and Vice. Or is it Weiss? Vice? Vice. I don't know. Is it Weiss? Is it Weiss or I Vice? Like, I just like saying it like that. I don't know. Benioff. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah, D and D. Yeah, these guys—they're uh, done. They're not doing their Star Wars trilogy. Uh, they said in a statement to Deadline, "We love Star Wars. When George Lucas built it, he built us too. Getting to talk about Star Wars with him and the current Star Wars team was the thrill of a lifetime. We will always be indebted to the saga that changed everything." Um, there are only so many hours in the day, and we felt we could not do justice to both Star Wars and our Netflix projects. Uh, if you guys remember, they got a, a huge deal from Netflix earlier this year. And um, so it's one of those things where, like, I – you would think that when you're when you're dealing with Netflix, when you're dealing with Lucasfilm, that they would be able to figure out – how to uh, work these guys' schedules in order to make things oh, yeah. work. There's mm-hmm. There's got to be more behind this. Um, this is kind of like an update from Dark Horizons. They, uh, they went on to say Heat Vision, and Heat Vision is the THR's newsletter. They go on to say Heat Vision got the ball rolling today, saying the pair's exit has been brewing since August when Lucasfilm chief Kathleen Kennedy was very unhappy with the Netflix deal the duo just signed. Uh, She reportedly was not convinced the pair could juggle a sci-fi trilogy while also overseeing film and TV projects at Netflix. And admittedly, the pair have never really tackled anything other than Thrones. Around the same time, Benioff and Vice were working on a treatment for Disney and Lucasfilm, with the pair committed to penning at least one of the films. Even though the original deal was to write all three, their ambitious plan was to explore a period in which the Jedi came to exist. Kennedy was also said to be nervous about the duo becoming the latest high-profile filmmaking talent to exit a Star Wars project since she took the helm of Lucasfilm, uh, following Josh Trank for the scrapped Boba Fett film, Colin Trevorrow for Rise of Skywalker, Mild, uh, Miller and Lord for Solo, and the whole Rogue One, Edwards, uh, Dan Gilroy. Is it Dan Gilroy or is it Tony Gilroy? Is it? I thought it was Dan. 
Dan. Yeah. Benioff and Vice uh, were also reportedly feeling the heat of what one source dubbed toxic fandom and began having second thoughts about Star Wars. The pair had been uh, genre fan gods and critical darlings who drove Thrones to great success and strong reviews throughout most of its run. When the six-episode final season was met with such backlash and with having seen how Star Wars fans have bullied actors off social media and taken aim at filmmakers like Ryan Johnson, a source tells the trade, who wants to go through that again? Not them. This was in the life's too short category. Um, so yeah, I can see that being. It's it's hard not to believe that that's not a lot of pressure. Not everyone can be Ryan Johnson, right? Yeah, I I personally think that I think that I think that Kathleen Kennedy. When she, when she got these guys to come on, it was before this Netflix deal, and then, I- And before Game of Thrones backlash too. Well, I don't even, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know, I don't even know if it's that. I, I honestly think that like, that whatever they brought to her about like, what they were doing, I think that's kinda like when she made her decision. Yeah, I, I, I think like all factors probably came in a little bit, right? It was probably on Kathleen Kennedy's end, we know they're very meticulous about how they want the story and project to go. You know, they brought in fucking Kazden to clean up a couple times in different movies too with the writing. And yeah, I, I think you're right. I think she probably wasn't 100% thrilled with the story ideas they had. And then they weren't such critical darlings. And I don't think, I think at that point she didn't want to kind of tie her wagon to these guys at that point. I think, yeah, I I think, yeah. Overall, yeah. I just, whatever they were bringing, she was just like, she's kind of learned her lesson from Solo to where, and even Rogue One, which, She's, I think she's grateful that Rogue One turned out the way it did, but I think that, um, she didn't want to get this project started with these guys if she wasn't a hundred percent sold on them. So she's kind of learned her lesson from Solo. Yeah, and, and it was a big thing they were trying to do. It wasn't just Solo or whatever. It was like they were basically doing the next post Skywalker saga type of movies like and yeah this was supposed to be the new like they were going to have a we're going to have a 3 year break 2019 everything Star Wars is going to be on Disney Plus no theatrical films until 2022 and then we're going to jump we're going to you know springboard the new films with like the with these guys and it's going to be a whole new story and it looks like that. Okay, they're done. They're gone, and it looks like Ryan Johnson's still moving ahead with his shit, though. Which yeah, I which, love it. Which yeah. was like that was one of the things. Like I was listening to Jason Ward from MakingStarWars.net, and he was saying like, "Oh, there's nothing to worry about with you know the the Ryan Johnson trilogy." 
And then there were statements from Ryan Johnson, like, you know, like what's going on with it. And like, like there was kind of like this weird response from Ryan, like almost like he hadn't heard anything in a while. And, um, I think with these guys exiting, I think, and, and I think with how people that have seen knives out are loving it. Um, yeah, Knives Out, I think, is going to end up doing him some goodwill among some of the more bitter fans, or at least hopefully. You know, <laughs> now, I honestly, I think, like, the fans that, Jake, here, here's my personal opinion. The fans that are, that hate Ryan Johnson for what he did are out. Mm-hmm. They're out. I think they're done. I really do think that, like, um, the Rise of Skywalker, as far as, like, tracking the box office, Right now, it's not even close to like what the first two move, but that could change. That could change. Yeah, yeah, it's hard saying, I mean, especially word of mouth. That if if it's you know back to a form that the masses consider something really great, maybe it'll have a, a big second week. Yeah. I read an interesting interview. Ryan Johnson's. Uh, Ryan Johnson has been doing a lot of uh, interviews for the press junkets for Knives Out lately. And he actually said that um, the toxic Star Wars fandom is what inspired him to write Knives Out, which wow. I thought was really interesting. He said that the movie wouldn't exist without the terrible Star Wars fans, that they were a lot of the inspiration to the story he came up with in the first place. That's how you fucking make lemonade out of lemons, man. Yeah, That's fucking I love awesome. that. I thought that was amazing. That's fucking awesome. I think I love Ryan Johnson. He's fucking awesome. Yeah, I think he's great too. So he is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what D and D do with their Netflix series. I think. um, I don't like. Wouldn't want to be in those guys' shoes, right? I think anything they do is going to be held under an insane microscope, and people are going to be insane judgy judgersons about whatever project of theirs comes out next. Uh-huh. So, oof, it'd be yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think Kathleen Kennedy made the right decision. I wasn't thrilled. I guess I wasn't thrilled about these guys. I was hoping, like, if they're going to get these guys to come in and do something, it was going to be, like, Knights of the Republic. I don't want to see a yeah. story about, like, the origin of the Jedi. Yeah, I, I I agree. I agree. I don't want these guys to be the fucking myth builders of it either, right? Yeah. You know, uh, they've proven that when they're adapting things, they're they're really good at that. But yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Maybe not so much creating things. True, true. Right. That's how I feel about Zack Snyder, and I know you wouldn't agree, but I think like Zack Snyder when he makes like new stuff, it's. Like when he did Sucker Punch, I wasn't a fan. Visually, it looks beautiful, but like I like it. I have no problem when he tries to adapt stuff. I think for the most part, he does a good job. I don't know. We're done. Hey, uh, Paul. Thank you, man. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Fucking a. Fucking a. Thank you. Thank you. uh, Are you still recording for the animated backcast? Yes, we are. We just did our Joker review with uh, Christopher Edwards. There you go. That should be coming up. Should be coming up. All right. So subscribe to the animated Badcast people. Yeah, and I did a fun movie. Well, I did movies from the heart with you about Terminator 2, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, we did do that. That was a fantastic. I loved uh, 
I don't know if it's a fantastic episode, but I just like talking with you. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was great. Uh, and then I had a great follow up with uh, um, Amanda Albers from The Real Zodiac about The Wizard of Oz, which was a lot of fun. She oh. brought a lot of great insight, so that's a good listen. Nice. Yeah, check nice. it out. Nice. You guys talk about the dark side stuff on there? Oh, absolutely. And she's from Kansas, so she has a really deep like connection to the movie. Ah, very interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but we definitely hit on like possible people hanging and all that. Yeah, like all the all the stuff that plagued the shooting. It's a real fun talk with her. Oh, about it. all the rumors behind the yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. all the fucking uh, little people munchkin orgies. Yeah, how a lot of them were pimps and stuff. Yeah, it was insane. Did you ever hear about that, Jake? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think there was a, a doc recently in the last five years I saw about stuff like that. Man. That'd it's be, crazy. That'd be a fun set to go to every day, wouldn't it? <laughs> that was but, yeah, I guess it depends on which, which actor you are. It's true. It's true. What? Uh, oh, man. Anyway, all right. Hey, uh, <laughs> good call. Good call. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's not let's not go there. Yeah, good uh, call. Let's not go there. Yeah, guys. Um, yeah, yeah, we're back, and I apologize. This episode's garbage. Yeah, we'll we'll tune it up next week and have a even shinier tour for you. It'll be crap next week too. It's all crap. I don't know. Everybody comes back for crap. You people just listen to crap. You know, it, it is. It's crap, Jake. Like, it, I don't, I get it, the one stars. I get it. Fuck, you know, first off, fuck you. can't you. say that. I can. I can. Nah. I get it. It's garbage. It's garbage. Yeah. Nope. Nope. It's one thing the whole Not me! That guy's like, nope, not today! That no, one. no, no, no. You can hold yourself to, it's great to hold yourself to a high standard, but as someone that tunes in weekly, it's, it's always a fun listen. No. Aww. Yeah, uh-huh. I just went for the cheese. Oh. I know you lacked, I'm sorry, Jake. All right. Jeez, all right, all right. End the episode. <laughs> all right. All right. We'll end it here. We'll end it there here. There you go. We'll be back next week. What do we got next week? What's the big thing going on? What's going on next week? Anything going on? I don't know. What movie are we going to see? Anything good? I don't know. What do we got? What do we got going on here next week? I'm trying to look on my AMC app and see if it'll tell me. I'm going to Flickster. I'm going to Flickster, Flickster which sounds like what, what your wife's like doing. Flickster the bean. What your, <laughs> what your wife's doing guy. with the hamburger helper when you're at work. Fucking you punched in the clock and she's just she's punching in that hamburger helper cock. Hold on. What do we got? I guess Dr. Sleep officially comes out. Nah, I've already talked about that. I ain't talking about it again. Midway. Midway? Yeah, I'll go see Midway. Yeah, Midway looks interesting. The Irishman. But that's not yeah. that's hitting that's hitting select theaters. That ain't coming here. That ain't coming here. That's gonna be so select. Oh, Primal with Nicolas Cage. I'm gonna there be you go. I'm That's gonna, not at my theater, yeah. No, I'm gonna be a VOD. It comes out VOD the same day. I'm oh, rent, VOD. There I'm you renting that shit. You bet your fucking ass. I'll go see Midway. It's got Alex Screen in it. I like him. Ooh, Playing With Fire, the new John Cena comedy with children. He's in a firehouse, and shenanigans ensue within the firehouse, Drake. Whoa. John Leguizamo, right? No, John Cena. Is John Leguizamo in it, too? Yeah, I I believe so. so. uh, Wow. Couple of... uh, Key. 
Oh, yeah, Keegan Michael Key. Like they drank too much Mountain Dew and shit. <laughs> yeah, we got uh, it's. Uh, yeah, we got John Cena, Keegan Michael Key, John Leguizamo, Dennis Haysbert from the Allstate. Now you're in good hands, or whatever that fucking guy. Oh, Mr. oh he's President. she's the fire chief. Uh, Judy Greer's in it. She's playing a mom, I'm sure. That's all she fucking does. <laughs> definitely. I'm definitely going to try to catch those, um, the Jenny Slate and Arsenio Hall comedy specials. Yeah. The Gen- yeah, the Jenny Slate one's awesome. Paul Hart, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Check out Movies from the Heart, and that's spelled H-A-R-T. That's Paul's other podcast. Animated Batcast is the first one. Movies from is it movies from the heart? Movies from the heart, yeah, yeah. There we go. I get drunk and I can't remember, Paul. No, that's okay, so do I. Alright. Just like all good leftover say in the doggy bags, thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. And uh yeah, we'll see you then. I I I'm not a fan. <laughs> not a fan of this one, Jake. No, no. Yeah. Later later y'all. See Bye. you next week. It'll be it'll be it'll be better. No, it won't. Don't make these promises. Don't make... Felt, felt like an easy promise. Don't... Oh, because the bar's so low on this one? <laughs> well, yeah, you don't have to say it. It'll be marginally better. Yeah, see how you're with me. There we go. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carryover, counterculture, pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. I've already been done before, so we should Separate the wheat from the shaft And we're the shaft The crap, even though we're the shit Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good and toss it, good and taste it Do we love it? Hey, let's face it Can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carryover, counterculture, pushovers Pop culture Leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's 
love it, hey, let's face it, can't embrace it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers, uncool kids, what's to say's already been said, leftovers, only talent, it's the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers.